Hello, all. Welcome to episode 24 of the Knife Journal podcast. My name is James Noka, and I'm with Kyle Versteg. Actually, I'm not with him. He's in, in Iowa. In the uh, freezing <laughs> minus 8-degree weather in Iowa right now. <laughs> See it. Minus 8 degrees. We we laugh at your minus 8 degrees. <laughs> yeah, you were like minus 21 yesterday or the day before. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's like uh I think it's minus 10 right now. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's yeah, just you're, flipping you're, cold. We've got the global warming going on. We're all happy. Oh, tell Actually, them about your uh tell them about your igloo collapsing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh I built this igloo and it really did come out pretty awesome. I mean, it was big. I could stand up inside it and everything. And so it warmed up for a week after I, it, it, it warmed up for a week right after, like the day after I finished it, it warmed up for a week. Mm-hmm. So, so it, uh, what happened was I went to Las Vegas to the shot show mm-hmm. and sometime during that week, it must have, the sun must have been, and the, the sun and the warmth of like Monday, Tuesday, it, um, the roof turned like, turned into like a snow cone. It like, it like <laughs> collapsed down in, into it like a big stalactite. Yeah. Or, or stalagmite. Which one's hanging from the ceiling? Stalagmite, stalactite. Uh, one of them anyway. The, the one that here. hangs from the ceiling. So it right. didn't, it, there's, you can't get out from inside. Uh huh. You can't, like, you can crawl in there and there's no hole in the ceiling. It didn't collapse all the way to the ground. It just kind of sagged. Okay. So, so it sagged like a big zit on the inside. <laughs> it's like a, it's like like a, a big like a dog like a bowl, bowl or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like like a dog bowl. Yes, exactly. And so I've got to I've got to go through now, and I've got to cut that out with a saw. And I probably could just turn it over, turn it upside yeah, down. Yeah, turn it upside down. Although and it's it, probably going to weigh five hundred pounds. Yeah, I don't even know if I could do that. So I'm in there, and I. And it, it was kind of funny because I left some stuff in there. Uh-huh. So I thought when I got home from Vegas, I thought, well, God, I better get in there and get that shit out of there. Otherwise, I'm going to freaking lose it until <laughs> next spring. Yeah. <laughs> so I so I crawled in there and the, and the whole the whole unit had settled about a foot lower. OK, so not only did the 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 the, the roof kind of sag in inward and it's it it's pretty low, but it also the the sides shrunk down a little bit too so the doorway yeah. the doorway has has gone down about it about maybe a foot Jeez. so i had to really like low crawl to get in <laughs> to get inside it you know and this is this is like uh you know seven o'clock at, on on sunday after sunday evening you know <laughs> so it's it's already dark outside and i had my headlamp on and i'm crawling in there and uh i was thinking while i was in there boy this is kind of stupid what happens if this thing caves in hmm. is my wife going to come and dig me out or am i just going to have to dig my way out with my whatever pocket knife i had in my pocket <laughs> yeah and so then, i was i was definitely violating all the confined space rules when i went in there and and you and the thing is is like there's like if the if she had to call like the fire department to dig you out it'd be like you know that'd make the drudge report Oh, yeah. Igloo collapses on yep. northern yeah. Michigan, man. Yep. It must <laughs> You'd be, be in there with your yeah. feet sticking out of the door yeah, or whatever. It'd be like, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like, see, there is global warming. The guy can't even build a fucking igloo in the <laughs> in the North Country. Yeah, it won't even last like a couple weeks or whatever. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, you know, and it was funny, too, because the whole time that it was raining and shit here, I thought it was for sure going to collapse. And it made it through that without any trouble. Never had an issue. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it just went whoop. Yeah. It tipped in. But the funny part is it never made a real hole. It just... Uh, it it just it just sagged in. That's so like I said. I gotta. I'm gonna maybe this weekend. I'll work on it. Probably the walls walls pushed out when it sagged too. I'd bet if you yeah, look at the yeah. top top there, it's not going to be a dome anymore. It's going to be yep. more of a cylinder. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we got that. So obviously, uh, uh, I mentioned I I went to the shot show. Yeah, and a uh, lot of cool stuff there. Lots of stuff going on. I mean, there's a uh, lot of pretty cool collaborations happening. Uh, um, our friend Paul, the the one of the engineers from K Bar, went over to Ontario Knives. Yeah, that's which is huge. that's huge, very very huge news it's, that uh, happened Paul, uh, January seventh. They call him Tuge, right? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Great that's, guy. I mean, yeah. w- great guy. And uh, so so there's some there's some definite changes going on at uh, at Ontario Knives. Um, so we got that going on. Then I saw a. Um, and I actually saw the prototypes of this last year. Um, the military compass company, Kamanga, uh-huh. is a Michigan company. Okay. And uh, they they make great products. They make a, a wonderful compass. Our GIs use it all. I mean, that's the compass they use. Uh-huh. Um, my kid had a, had uh, a couple of them, actually. Um one of them he was issued that he gave that one back, but he found several after that. Um, like on the floor of the barracks or whatever. Yeah, just laying around, yeah. you know, <laughs> in, in the field. He found a couple in the field and, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's the, so he acquired a couple other ones. And, right. And they're, they're great. They're great compasses. I mean, they're really, really great engineering compasses. And, and a lot of people don't really know how to use them that well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they, so they, um, they actually developed. Remember the, you know, the Boy Scout ones, the flat one you lay on the map, it's yeah, clear, yeah, the okay, Silva did, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they just developed one that kicks Silva's ass. Really? Yeah, because it's tritium. Oh, that's what you need there. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So it's clear. It's got all the measurements on it. It's got you know the grids and stuff on it, and it's got, um, it's got tritium in the compass. Yeah, I've got, I've got a. Um, I think my I've got a Sunta Global model, like the MC2 or th- something. I think that one might have tritium, but I might be wrong about that. I, I, yeah, I, they're yeah. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, they the, the the tritium is is awesome stuff. I mean, that's the same stuff in our watches. Yeah, yeah, got to have that. In fact, it was kind of comical because when I uh, when I saw them last year, um, I was shaking his hand and he. Pulled, you know, looked at my watch and he was like, uh, "Oh," he said, and he pulled me over to this. Um, he had a little display thing with a fluorescent, some kind of a black light in it. Uh huh. And he stuck my wrist under the black light and he he kind of chuckled and he said, "Is that legal?" <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I took a, I took it off and I showed it to him and he's like, "Well, yeah, yep, that's legal." <laughs> he said, "He said, you know how many watches have that are actually legal?" He said, "None." Really? Because my all all mine are uh, legal. No, no, the marathons. The yeah, marathons. marathons. Are. Yeah, that's what I. The, it, well, then, so I've got my I've got a marathon, and then I've got um, Luminox. Luminox. But yeah, the Luminox I, ones apparently are not legal. Really? They're not? Yeah, they're not. They've not been approved. Well, thank the, God I gave NRC. that away. 
<laughs> well, I don't think. I mean, I've I've got a Luminox, a couple of Luminox. All my kids wear Luminox watches. I, but yeah. I don't I don't think they um, they've ever been approved. They don't have that NRC number on it. Huh? You know, like ours have ours has a has an NRC number. Yeah, which and, um, reminds and, me, I got to touch up the watch face on mine. It's uh, really yeah, it's scratched. It's, yeah, because of jungle and crap. Now is that um, is yours a is your crystal like sapphire or is it plastic it's or what? Plastic, yeah. Mine's mine's the two hundred and fifty dollar model, not the thousand dollar model. Yeah, mine's mine's got the sapphire crystal. Yeah, so yours is going to be a lot more. Um, and mine's not battery operated. Yours battery operated. Yeah, mine's battery operated. Yeah, see, mine doesn't. Mine's self winding. Well, and see, here's the thing: like every time I get a cool watch. Like the reason I don't buy the thousand dollar one is every time I have a cool watch, somebody begs and begs and begs and begs and begs until I give it to them. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not, I can't buy a cool watch because somebody will want it and I'll feel like I should give it to them. And I, really? I've given away four of you those probably, marathon watches. You four. probably, what you probably ought to do is get yourself a Omega Seamaster. Well, the thing for the next the, time that I see you, so I can beg and beg and beg. Right. Well, see, that's why I'm not getting one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's that's the thing is like you know, um, I, I've given away four of those stupid things, and I've given away a Luminox, and so I can't I can't keep them. So I, I'm not going to be spending like a thousand bucks on a watch if I, if I will say this, um, the marathon watch that I wear is. You do not see them everywhere. Yeah. And you walk into a, a fancy-ass watch store in Las Vegas, uh-huh. and it's kind of comical because the guys look at my watch and they go, that's pretty nice. Yeah. You know, and it's that, I don't even know what model it is, but it's the... Uh, it's the one with the, like, metal band and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, the one for our folks at home, I get the... um uh navigator with uh tritium and date mm-hmm. and it's available yeah, on uh, amazon right now for 199 bucks so actually yeah, they're my- running a discount on that <laughs> 199 bucks yeah because usually it's it's like between 250 and 280 bucks or whatever well mine's got mine is uh what the hell is mine has the date on it yeah and it's and it's an automatic. So, but I don't know what I, I don't know what model it is. Yeah, they they make one or two automatics. I think it's like uh, I'll look it up here. But um, yeah, you you probably have the divers automatic wristwatch with tritium. The S A R or something is that what it is? No, this. Well, let's see the um, the. Well, the only the only one that I'm seeing that's available is the um, diver's watch with that's automatic with tritium tubes. So, and that one's available too. And I was right; it's like a thousand freaking dollars. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it's it's nine hundred and sixty one dollars on Amazon. Wow! So so now you know why I'm not freaking buying one of those because freaking. Somebody will beg me for that. They they call it they call it a tool watch, not a jewel watch. Tool watch, huh? A tool watch. I I mean you know it's been it's been a good watch. It's uh, yeah. a little bit it's it runs a little bit fast, huh? Which is fine. Yeah. You know it doesn't run fast enough in twenty four hours, but usually after about two or three weeks, month maybe, it's about ten minutes fast, huh? So I just stop it for ten minutes and. 
turn it back on. Yeah. You know, and it's not it's really not an issue. Yeah. Um I don't I don't think. Maybe some people might think it is, but I know you can get it adjusted, but you know what? It's it's not uh, to me, it's not that big a deal. It always runs, and it's always gonna run, and that's what—that's basically what I want. Yeah, yours has the metal band on it, though, right? The little. You know what I've got? Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I've got the um, the band that I have on it is not the one that that Marathon sells. Huh. Uh, it came with the rubber bands. The the their uh, li- yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. live live rubber. Yeah. And uh, I I've never used them. And what I did was I used those um, Martech bands yeah. for a long time. That's pretty much, you know, they, they get stinky after a while, the nylon ones. Yeah. You have like three three of them, and you just change them and wash them and change them and wash them. Yeah. And uh, after a while, I had gotten a a quartz one mm-hmm. uh, when I didn't want to take this one. Some You know, later on, after it's been like around the planet a couple times – you tend to say, okay, that guy's earned its keep now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set that one aside a little bit, and so I don't lose it because I've got so many memories with this watch. So I got another one that was quartz. Yeah. And uh, and so then I put that nylon band on those nylon bands on that watch, and then I got a what's called a shark skin, a shark male yeah. band. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And that's what my that's what's on on this band, and it's it's like real fine chain yeah. mail. Yeah, like and super it, duper it fine chain mail. Exactly, it's awesome. and it's really really comfortable. Yeah, really comfortable, and I really like it. Yeah. <clears throat> and a lot of people comment on that too. I mean, yeah. that, a lot of people uh, they really like the look of it. I mean, it's it's and it's comfortable. I mean, yeah. it's well, very, my very comfortable. my uh, one of the watches that I gave away was to Mickey Grossman and that mm-hmm. one uh I met when I first joined the expedition it it was probably half of the way done and his his watch was crapped out and so um he needed a watch so I just gave him mine and uh that one lasted the entire rest of the expedition and he I was just with him last weekend he's still wearing it no problems nice. whatsoever you know and it's it's a $199 watch with tritium dials and it keeps excellent time. I don't know how you beat it, you know. So, you know. Well, um, if you get a chance, go look at this Kaminga. It's c a m m e n g a dot com, uh-huh. and they actually came out with. And they, I saw the prototypes just last year. They actually came out with a knife that has. Um, a tritium vial oh, yeah. in the handle of the knife. That's a that's smart actually. This is um yep. yeah, so it's I'm looking at this right now. It's um it looks like a they call them beta blades and, and you know guys, the only problem I have with this knife, the tritium is cool as shit. Yeah. There there's no doubt. The tritium is cool as shit. And when I was talking to him last year about it, you know, it's a typical knife design thing. You know, it's it's not a everybody can't design a knife. Yeah. I don't care how how you know what you've done in the past. If you're a special forces guy, if you're, I don't give a shit what you're talking about. You're just because you've done something does not mean you can design a knife, right? And and I'm pretty convinced of that. I've seen way too many way too many knives designed by people who were in the field, very good at what they did, 
uh, but behind a drawing board, we're not very good at all. Yeah. And, and so I, I, and I don't want to insult anybody by that, but it's true. It's totally true. You know, cause I'll guarantee you that anything that, um, Michael Hawk can do with the knife that he designed, he could do with a tuna can. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. and that's the reality of it. I mean, it, it's, it's, all of those guys are like that. I mean, they, they don't really, I mean, they get, they put their name on a knife because knife companies know that names sell. Uh-huh. But, uh, but somebody that uses knives a lot usually won't gravitate to those kind of knives. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that, I digress a little bit. The, the knives themselves, the fixed blade knife, I'm, I don't like the design at all. Um, I like the handle and I like the, I like the piece of tritium in the handle. I don't like the knife a bit. Mm-hmm. The folding knife, I like a little better. It's a, it's, um, it's, it's a, you know, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's not, it's not that special, but it's got tritium in the handle. Yeah. And which actually, is, which is cool. Later on in the podcast, I want to pick your brain about something regarding okay. that. As okay. I, I, I've got a, a problem I need to solve. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, that's cool. And then, uh, um, I wonder how they, uh, I wonder how they get like a license to put the tritium in there. Well, they're, they're, they do all that stuff. They do, uh, they do the testing. They do, you know, I mean, they, it takes a lot of stuff to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd have to, you'd get in hot water if you tried to do that in, in your like custom knife shop or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think what they're, you know, and I, I suggested to them, uh, that what they do is they get a hold of, uh, well, they should work with a knife company to start with because they're they're not a knife company. Mike, they, they, for instance. Well, yeah, I I did suggest them. Yeah, but you know anybody, I mean any any one of these companies, but develop a pod that you, that anybody could put in their handle. So it wouldn't matter if it was a LT Wright knife or or a, or a Bark River knife or a. Um, you know, Ontario or a K bar. It wouldn't matter if, if the company wanted to do that as an option, then they could just have a, a portion of the handle milled out and set or, this safe pod in it. Or, um, use it as one of your pins. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I would do it. And because then, well, then it'd have to be, uh, well, the so, thing is, they're, 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 when they put their vial in the knife, it's, it's encased in this, I don't know if it's Lexan or, or, like lead I mean, crystal it's encased or in something so that you can't get it out. Right. Well, so what I would do is, um, make it, because but then, the shit still is not in nuclear. <laughs> it's still right, radioactive. Yeah. So it's probably like a lead crystal that it's put in. But I think what I would do then would be to make it so that you could have a pin. Um, and then, you know, you'd have to, you, obviously you're not going to be able to put the pin in and then shape your handle afterwards. So right. you're going to have to shape your handle and then put the pin in yeah. and have it recessed a little bit with, you know, you know, countersink the holes or whatever, yeah. have it recessed a bit and then have it be the pin. That's what I would and see. Do. What they, what they have is, is the, there's a hollow inside the knife handle. Yeah. I see that. And right in the steel. And then there's two, there's two windows on either side of the scales. Yeah, that's that'd be another way. Certainly, you know, so it's captured inside the scales. But I, but I don't think you can't get at the tritium. I mean, it's you. No. you'd have to like smack it with a hammer, and I still don't think you could get into it. 
Yeah. Well, and then, and then, I mean, just do the same thing, only just it, it, for ease of installation, instead of milling out the, a slot in the handle, do it so that the guys with the custom shops can do it. Do it as a pin, a quarter inch yeah. pin. Anybody can yeah. put a quarter inch pin in a knife. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah. and then the art would be, um, uh, recessing it, um, and then having, having the holes leading into that recess countersunk a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. that'd be badass because mm-hmm. that would solve a problem that I'm trying to solve right now. Um, but yeah, that's a good idea. You, you just gave them liquid gold there. Oh, I'd, I'd pay 50 bucks for one of those pins. You know, well, you remember a, a few years back, there was a uh, company out of the, I don't know if it was Switzerland or, or Sweden or where it was coming from, but there was somebody was importing tritium vials encased in a piece of plastic and they you could use them as zipper poles for tents and stuff like that have you ever seen any of those Uh uh-uh um i don't know if i have i think i have one on my key ring actually they were like 10 they were like 10 bucks yeah and they were they're a tritium vial and the vial is actually bigger than the ones in my watch so it's pretty bright yeah and the object was to uh put them you know somewhere where you like a like a zipper pull on a tent where you you know how you look yeah you're looking you in the zi- middle you're of the looking night. for those yeah exactly yeah. and with that it would be real easy to have a have one of those on the bottom and they they were made pretty tough so that you could uh, um you know I mean they could take a pretty good beating yeah so that was a pretty good idea but they were imported by somebody that was not supposed to be importing them into this country naughty naughty and I and I think they got in trouble yeah but I'm not but I can't be sure of that get a little spanking. Yeah. Well, sometimes that stuff is, you know, pretty dangerous and people don't realize it. I mean, we had a big we had a big nuclear waste site up here where this older fella had been since the since the beginning of 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 putting luminescent dials on watches and clocks. He was basically getting all of these scrapped watches and he was scraping the lumen and he had jars of this shit in his huh. house. And it was a there was a major league issue. I mean, like it was, he died, of, he died of cancer. Yeah. But he had, the whole house was crapped up. Yeah. Had, it had, it was like a nuclear waste dump in his house. Jeez. And he had, I don't know how many jars of this luminescent shit that he had, but they were, you know, they were still radioactive. Yeah. Geiger counters went off. It was, it was, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. I, when I, I used to work in a lab, um, and one of the things that I had to do was uh, was take um, genes and turn them into a little plasmid, which would then go into a bacteria and incorporate itself into the bacteria's genome. And so I basically was modifying these um, bacteria with and putting new genes in and knocking other ones out. But part of that process was to use uh, um, radioactive tracers. Um, and uh, that was, um, without getting too into detail, that was to be able to tell whether or not it was in the bacteria. And uh, it was it was always something we, you know, you had to have special training to handle the stuff, and it was like a pretty big deal. <laughs> you didn't want to spill any of it. That's right. for sure. Right. But, um, well, how you know? Speaking of radioactivity, have you heard what's been going on with Fukushima? No. Remember a few years back we had a tsunami that 
yeah, the shore of Japan. Yeah, like, it, you know, like Godzilla only with waves and stuff. Yeah, and it crashed a nuclear power plant. Yeah, yeah. Now, my understanding is from some of the stuff that's floating around the interwebs uh, is that there is massive amounts of nuclear radiation that's heading toward the coast of the West Coast. Well, I saw I saw that um, like a week ago that there was um, radioactivity on the beaches already. Yeah. You know, yep. um, but I, I mean, I don't know. Well, that means no sushi. <laughs> well. No Pacific uh, tuna. Yeah, I think, y- y- you know, the I- I'd maybe watch it for a bit. <laughs> well, you know, and, it's, and, and like I said, we just got a new sushi shop at, in our town, and it's really good. I'm jealous. I mean, really, really, really good. Not just really good, but really, really, really good. Uh-huh. And uh, it's very frustrating because you, you wait this long to have a good place, and then all of a sudden you hear something like this, and you're like going, oh, well, maybe if I just eat a little bit. And, you know, and it's the problem is ingesting that shit, it's, you know, it's cumulative. Yeah, and there's you know, mercury and, and remains. all kinds of shit in there. Yeah, it remains. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it remains in your body. You don't, you don't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Gets incorporated and, uh, into your bones and whatnot. Yep, yep. And so it's very frustrating to have something like that, and then virtually not know. So I feel like I'm getting a. I want to get a Geiger counter and just now start <laughs> checking my food before I start eating it. You know, and then I, I wouldn't feel bad. You know, if I had a you know a, a Geiger counter that could measure the the radiation levels in a in a piece of fish, um, I would feel comfortable. I would, yeah, yeah. I would, it would make me feel better. Well, you know, the, you know, the thing about sushi in the Midwest, at least the, the, the my experience has been that, like, it's not the radioactivity that's going to get you. <laughs> it's yeah. like playing Russian roulette, whether or not you're going to get the poops the next day, right. you know, or throw well, up. Well, I think or a worse. lot of that. I think a lot of it has to do with the with the with the kind of place you go to. You know, if you're yeah. getting sushi at a gas station, it probably is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With, you know, yeah. it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, I, even the high end, higher end places, you know, that I've eaten at, it's still kind of iffy. You know, if you're going to eat raw seafood, um, I think it just has to do with transit times. I mean, the, the yeah. fish was probably killed four or five days ago by the time it gets to us. You know. Right, right. And they, and they, um, I mean, a good place is supposed to, you know, be very careful about how they're. You know how they handle that stuff yeah and you know it's like it's like i went to uh i made oysters um i wanted to make them monday night and i ended up making them tuesday night uh-huh. and um i called but i had called monday and asked my local uh little kind of like a high-end i don't it's kind of like a, it's got a deli, it's got a liquor store, it's got, you know, some ni- some nicer foods that you can't get everywhere. Right. You know, it's a little higher end, uh, like if you put a meal together, you get you can get aged beef there and, and, okay. and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just a real nice place. Anyway, um, so I, I get my oysters there, and they always have blue points, and, and so I, I uh, which I'm sure that they're farm raised, I don't think that they're, they're not uh, fresh dug, but they're, they're farm raised because you can get them year round. Uh-huh. And uh, it used to be that you could only get you could only eat oysters during the period of uh, during the or you could only get oysters during the months that ended with R. Okay. And now you can get them pretty much all year round. So I I called them up on Monday and I was like, "How's your how's your oysters?" And because usually they get them on, in on Monday and uh-huh. the the lady said, "Oh, we're our day shifted to Tuesday now. We don't get them until Tuesday. So these are a week old." And she said, "I wouldn't." 
you know, she said, we're about, we're going to cook them all up tonight and, and, uh, and eat them. So I, we won't, we won't sell them now. Uh, huh. so, um, I went in the next day and I got, I got a, a dozen and cooked them up with some venison and, and, uh, um, a little wild rice and venison and, and oysters on the grill. And they were outstanding. Uh-huh. Totally outstanding. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What do you think? Um, uh, what do you think about that Hinderer um, K-Bar collab, that little oh, fixed blade deal? It's it's kind of cool. It's kind of a neat little knife. Uh-huh. Um, I had a discussion with Rick uh, at uh, I'm trying to think of whose booth it was. I was in with him. It might have been the might have been the the Kershaw booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we were discussing a couple different things. And nice guy, mm-hmm. you know, seems like a nice, a decent individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I the K that. The K-Bar collaboration with him is is not horribly expensive, and it's kind of a neat little, it's kind of a neat little piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I wasn't, that was like totally off my radar because it's not the kind of knife that I normally would would gravitate to. Um, but it is, it is pretty nice. Yeah, I, did, I sent you a picture of that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, I did because somebody was asking me about it on Facebook, and I hadn't seen it, so. I yeah, just, it's kind just of, so it's happened kind of cool. you were there, and <laughs> I, when you when you asked me about that, I it was literally had one in my hand. Oh, that's cool. I was with um, uh, Benner. Okay. Uh, the the fellow that worked uh, uh, helping him with that. I mean, it's it's a neat piece. It's a it's it'll do it'll do its job. Yeah, it'll definitely do its job. And K Bar does a nice. They do a nice. Uh, they do a nice job on the stuff that they're making. They yeah. They seem to be crossing their I's and dotting their T's pretty well. I gotta say, I'm really impressed with their offerings. I mm-hmm. have yet to see a bad K bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, their execution is just flawless. Um, mm-hmm. did the, you, um, go ahead. Did you see anything uh, else? Uh, any new stuff at the show? Well, uh, you know Justin Gingrich from Ranger Knives. Uh huh. Is doing. Uh, he's like going to start working with um, five eleven. Okay. And uh, um, he's going to do t- a tactical tomahawk for them. Okay. Like a like a tomahawk entry type tool. Right. And uh, I think he's going to do a folding and a fixed blade knife with them also. Cool. If I'm not mistaken. And then uh, let's see what else. I saw the new Buck. Uh, what the heck is the name of that knife? Is it the Hood one? The, yeah, the yeah, yep, the Hood. I think it's called the Hood, isn't it? Uh, something. No, it's, it's, a, called it's a the newer. Hood. It's called. It's called the Cal. Darn it! <laughs> no. Oh, maybe it's the Thug. Thug. Yeah, that's right. Is that is that what it's called? The Thug. That's I think that's what you said. I I haven't seen it, but it's a nice piece. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, let's see what else did I see. Columbia River has got Columbia River's got tomahawks. Did you know that? Uh huh. Yeah, they must have released them last year, and I never noticed it. 
and I haven't seen anything about anything. So they had uh, two wooden-handled tomahawks that are pretty cool-looking, actually. Mm -hmm. And then uh, um, then this year they've got uh, some some uh, uh, zydel handle ones. Okay. Which are kind of cool. And Spyderco must have one of the most expensive um, and and cool, I will say this, uh, folding knives what for a it? manufacturer to make folding knife. It was a Marlin Spike that was uh, Whoa, really? gonna retail. Yeah, it's going to retail somewhere around. I would guess somewhere around seven hundred bucks. Whoa! And it's a it's <laughs> it's a Marlin Spike knife, right? So it's like the yeah, case one yeah. that I got. Oh no! It's no. Doesn't look like that. Well, what's what's <laughs> well, how is it different? I want to see if they got it on their site. I mean, it's got like a ceramic ball lock. Jeez. Um, it it's it's very cool. I so, mean, it, it's just very cool. Well, and I real I was I was looking at it and kind of drooling. Cool. Um, while you're looking that up, I just want to give a plug to the guy's knife shop that I bought the uh, uh, Mar case Marlin spike from. It's called uh, Jay's Knives, J-A-Y-S Knives.com. And it's a guy out of Rice, Minnesota. And uh, anyway, that's where I got that um, Case Marlin Spike of my own from. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love, uh, I've had I've had that Marlin Spike of mine for a long, long time. That's actually, uh, um, uh if I get a chance to go hunting pirates, that's probably what I'll put in my pocket. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Corey Murphy, you know, he's a Marine. Yeah. He, yep. he carried one of those, um, he was saying, like, during one of his deployments. Yeah. Yep. Oh, they're they're actually handle knives. They're, I mean, they're handy knives. Yeah. Very handy. No, I can't remember where I put mine, though. I'll have to dig that that's up That's not later. good. Yeah, no kidding. Hate to lose that. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, I'm sure it's around though. Okay, so they had they had their new um, uh, kitchen knives that have like a like a uh, I don't even remember the type of handle. It's some kind of black plastic handle okay. or blue handle uh -huh. that were that are very um, very reasonably priced. Um, oh, where the hell is it? They had a chap. Okay, so they have a, a a knife called a Chaparral three. Uh huh. That's a, a lock back, and the MSRP is five hundred sixty four dollars. Jeez, what does it do? Because they have like mermaid scale handles and all this, or it's it's it was very attractive actually. I mean, it had a very nice milling on the handle. Um, I would I would carry it. Cool. Oh, I, you found it. You found it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would definitely carry a knife like this. Cool, because because it, it's it's you can change the clip from side to side and it be, and it's a lock back, so it's a you know it's yeah, ambidextrous. It, it was a very um, you know I've always been kind of a um, I have always liked Spyderco stuff, but a lot of it has is always kind of like you know the quality's always been good, uh -huh. but there was always something about it that I I just didn't I wasn't all excited about them, uh -huh. and. Um, uh, now it seems like they're they're turning out knives that seems to be tripping my trigger a little more than than they used to. Yeah. And this one and and this one is one of them. Uh, titanium scales, um, very attractive. Uh, 
I don't even know what they call the treatment on the handles, but but they're they're um God, I don't even I can't even know what to describe it. It's it's like machine turning a little bit. Okay. But it's but it's a little deeper than that. Okay. Um I just sent you a link. Okay. On uh Facebook or whatever? No, on Skype. Oh, okay. Let me look at it. Jim's got all of this crazy technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's opening here. The Spiderco Chaparral Stepped Titanium. Oh, I see. So it's um. So oh, see how it's got like the little swirls and stuff on it. It's very yeah. attractive. Yeah, that and is nice. Knife, and, and that knife feels really quite nice in your hands. Yeah, it loves, um, looks like a nice knife. It's going to be yep. pricey though, huh? Oof. Well, five hundred, five hundred. I mean, like I said, it's got to be one of the most expensive. Uh, it's got to be one of the most expensive um, factory-made folding knives. Uh huh. Full flat. I mean, don't you think? And, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know that they get much more expensive than that for a factory-made knife. Maybe they're just doing a real small limited run of it. Yeah, I'm sure know. it's not a, not cheap to put all of that etching on the handle. No, no. Well, because it's machining. Yeah, that's got to be expensive to make. The guy yep. from um, uh, the guy from Kershaw said that that Kershaw Cryo, there's like three hours of machine time on each one of those handles. You know that that, and they're making it for thirty freaking dollars. I don't know how you do that. Eh, I don't think it's got that much machine time on those handles. Well, that's what you I'd said. Have do, I'd have to. I'd have to call him on that. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I tell you why. I tell you why because I looked at a Lion Steel has a one piece titanium scale handle. Right. Okay. Those are hot. Yeah. And that and they're saying that knife has about three hours of machining in it in the handle and it's like three hundred bucks. Wow. Four hundred. Well, four hundred bucks. I guess it's like. I guess retail must be in the 400 range somewhere, and it's the the problem with making those is you can't make them. Fa- he can't make them fast enough. Yeah. Now, if the cryo is uh the cryo is the one that we were talking about the other day that has uh it's a lock back. No, or, I mean it's, no, it's a, a it's, it's a, a titanium, titanium frame lock. And it's a the flipper. Titanium it's a frame, frame lock. lock flipper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if if that's taken them that long to machine that, then they got they got machine issues. Well, here's another Alliance steel. Where'd you get that from? Oh yeah, your Hest. Yeah, baby, Hest 2.0, left-handed, <laughs> real true left-handed frame lock uh, folder. Yeah, I can love it. Oh, and I did talk to him, and he said he's not left-handed. Who isn't? Um, what's his name that designed that? Pelton. No, yeah, yeah, he's not left-handed. He just, but he he says he'll always make a a left-handed version of his popular knives, which, and I mean, it's made by Lion Steel, and it's freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Like the fit and finish on it is amazing. And of course, now I'm a fanboy because they made a left-handed knife for me. <laughs> so that's how that works. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep, and uh, let's see what else. I saw a Remington made 1911 that I really liked. I saw sweet. the new Glock 380 that was pretty sweet. Yeah, um, is it is it's pretty small and concealable? You think or 
No. No. So why no. would you want to carry than a, Glock. a 380? I, I, it's smaller than a Glock. Well, they could have easily made that a 9mm. It could have easily made it a nine millimeter. I don't know By why the they didn't. size of it. Yeah. See, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. If you're if you're going to sacrifice, it's and not. The, you know, and I I was talking to somebody about that later. I was like, you know, if you're going to buy a three eighty, you're going to buy it because you want to hide it. You you want to yeah. put it somewhere where you can't find it. Like, you yeah. know, you make a Kydex little necklace for it out yeah, of P- it. Yeah, PPK you know, or something and, sized gun. Yeah. Well, yeah. no. Well, you know what? Um, it's. it's uh, the Ruger LCP is is small. Yeah, that's really small. That gun you could put. You know how I carry my my uh, titanium thirty eight. Yeah. How you seen that Kydex? Yeah, yeah, Didn't yeah. Did I show you that that Kydex rig I have? That's yeah, got, yeah. That's hanging by um, paracord. The whole thing is made. The rig is made out of paracord, and it's got a, a Kydex clam that holds okay, onto, I the, need to see onto this. the weapon. And it's a necker. No, no, you wear it like a like a shoulder holster. Okay, but the but the straps are not made of leather, or they're made of paracord. Okay, and so it the whole thing weighs nothing. I mean, you can wear it like under a t shirt. I can wear it under a shirt. I can wear it anywhere, and huh. um, with a with a um, a Ruger LCP, you can get you can have a rig like that that you can wear it on an as a necklace, huh? Because it's so small. Well. That the new Glock is not that small. New yeah, Glock, not, I think, is bigger than my titanium thirty-eight, and I, it's three eighty. I think Chan Sanders was griping about that. Maybe yeah, it was somebody else, but yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't make sense. Why would you make a three eighty that wasn't super super small? Yeah, know? no, I think they could have done that. I mean, you know what? They'll sell it. It's yeah, Glock. Yeah, yeah. They'll sell it. I mean, yeah. they 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 have they have weapons that are. Uh, that are odd, super odd calibers that police departments are buying. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a forty, or a, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's things like that that are that, that don't make a ton of sense to me. Um, but they, you know, they they make them and they sell them, and uh, I I don't know why they would not have made a made that pistol into a into a nine millimeter hmm. because it would have been a more compact model nineteen. Hmm. like a single stack 19 yeah because i because it wasn't i mean maybe it's a lot smaller but it sure did not feel that small that much smaller to me okay yeah it's uh it's curious because i think weren't they they were wanting a single stack 45 from glock is what i understand they, like yes people they have did been wanting that forever. they did i think they have one of those now oh they do i think so hmm. i think they have one of those now Hmm. Um, Did you see a Indiana uh, police chief just shot himself in the leg with a, for the second time with a Glock forty? <laughs> it's awesome. Why would he do that? <laughs> well, he was okay. So he said he took his weapon out at a gun shop to compare it to another one, and he was like off duty or something, was wearing like you know a sweatshirt or something, and he went to put it back in the holster. And some of the fabric from the um, from the, the sweatshirt got caught in there, and it shot him in the leg. <laughs> hmm. It's the second time in his career he's accidentally shot himself. <laughs> I'd say it's time to find himself a new career. Oh well, okay. So I don't. I, I, I don't. don't own a, did you see the? What was? Did you, you see? I got a question though. First. 
Okay, just a quick on. question about the Glocks. Okay, 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 go. Um, you don't own one? No, I don't own one, but I'm, and so I, I've only handled them like once or twice in my entire life. Um, but my question is, do, is that the gun that doesn't have any safety on it? It's just part of the Correct. trigger. So, Correct. so you could see how if, if like some fabric from your shirt gets caught in the trigger and you go to put it in your thing, you could see how it would misfire. See, I, I just well, don't like I would the concept never, of no safety for, for on one, the, For one thing, for one thing, I would never put one in my thing. Wouldn't happen. Put in in your holster? No, my thing. I would not put it in my thing. Well, okay, so I misspoke <laughs> there. I, I, no, I'm using like, a poor no, choice but you of know language what? Look, today. He, look, here's the deal. Uh, you got to keep your finger out of the trigger. Well, his was. It, it was. You, know, his, you got a his, revolver. It's the same thing. Yeah, but there's there's a lot more that goes into pulling the trigger on a revolver. No, not no. No, you squeeze. You yeah, squeeze. Yeah, and it, I know, but the trigger, at least on the revolvers that I own, um, it, with maybe with the exception of my hammerless um, Smith and Wesson, like there's more to it than just. I mean, the trigger pull on those Glocks is light, you know. And if you're if you don't have any safety you, mechanism, and and it, you, you know how they got that little thing coming out of the front of the trigger, like if yeah. fabric gets caught in there and you go to push it in, it's easy for me to see how that would go off. Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I could be wrong, you know, but because I don't own a Glock, I'm, I'm that that was me asking a question. No, I, to be honest with you, if somebody is, if somebody's shooting himself with whatever it is that it's time for a new form line of work. <laughs> I, I'm maybe sorry. just issue yeah. him a taser. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he shouldn't have a gun. A can maybe of bear as spray. a police chief, he <laughs> should be just doing administrative stuff. Maybe he's really good at that. Maybe he should stick to that. Um, maybe he should wear a suit and tie to work and and uh, and and not worry about a well, gun. Don't they have to you carry know, I, a sidearm anyway? Or no, or maybe carry one with Andy, a safety Andy, on Andy it. Andy never carried a gun in, in Mayberry. Oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> okay, that, I, mean, you know, I know I, I just know. offended I mean, me, the shit out me, of all I'm just of saying. Our... To me, I'm just saying. If you shoot yourself, not once but twice, you probably ought to not carry a gun. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I'm just saying, you know. There's a police officer that was standing in front of a classroom of kids. I saw that. Showing off his Glock. Yeah. And he shot himself And he goes, and foot. safety is, like, so important. And he, bang, yeah. he, yeah, and he shoots himself. himself. I, was, I was like, you know, really? Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, and... and and I, I'm not. I don't want to insult anybody here, but I had to laugh the other day because I saw this. There was a picture that was floating around Facebook, and it was a woman that was pulled over in her car. Uh huh. And there was an officer standing there and said, "Ma'am, do you know why I'm standing here?" Uh huh. And she said to him, "Because you got all C's in high school." <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> what a way to get a freaking ticket. <laughs> and and I was I was laughing. I I mean I I. I know, you know, it's not true. There's a lot of very smart, very, very smart officers. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Very smart officers. And I, I don't, I mean, I, I did not, was, wasn't trying to insult anybody, but it's, but I thought it was pretty funny. I got kind of a kick. So out here's of it. a revolver. Um, this yep. one is not loaded. It is impossible to fire it without um, first pulling the thing. So it's a single action. This is basically right. a, um, the black powder revolver? No, it's a. This is actually chambered in thirty-eight. It's a. It's a copy oh. of the um, the Colt um, eighteen fifty-one Navy. 
So the guy, okay. that, the gun that um, Clint carried in the Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Uh huh. Um, this is this is a copy. Was, I thought his was a black powder, powder version. Uh, it, not not in the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. That was chambered. Um, but that was that. It was because um, they started as soon as cartridges became available. They started making um, conversions Cylinders for all of those. that you could change? Yeah, all you got to do is change the cylinder out on, on those. Yeah, and but then, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that that was a black powder where you, you made your paper rounds and put them in there and pressed them in place, and then he just had always had extra cylinders. Um, I'd have to rewatch it, but I know um, Tuco's gun absolutely was. Uh, so what? T- what year was it? Eighteen what? Eighteen fifty one. Colt eighteen fifty one. Okay, they, so they, they were, didn't have cartridges back no, then. No, no, no. But then, as soon as they developed the cart, and it was like right around then that they started. Because even in the Civil War, we had um, cartridge fired uh, weapons like the Spencer, and um, there was a lever action that. The North adapted, uh, but I can't remember the name of it. But the cartridges came in right around then, so a lot of these 1851 navies were still hanging around, and they just uh, they just converted them to cartridge-fired guns. Um, and if you were an outlaw, um, I'm pretty sure you would want <laughs> the latest technology, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, and that that uh, that movie again, we're talking about a movie, so. It's not like it, there's any reality to it, but um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's an 1851 Navy single action. Um, I haven't actually. This gun has never been fired. Uh, so one of these times, I got to take it to the range because I just Why? got it. I just got it. Oh, and I haven't had the opportunity to shoot it yet. But oh. I'll I'll take it over and and shoot it one of these times. I would definitely take it out my back door and shoot it. Yeah, I'll bring it up. So that's a 38, uh, 38, 38 special. Damn. And uh, can you put? Go ahead. I don't. I, I, th- I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be putting three fifty sevens or plus P rounds through it. Um, you know, it's got the brass trigger guard and all that. This pretty gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got some engraving on Very the nice. on the cylinder. It's nice. Very nice. Yeah, yep, that's a cool. That's a cool pistol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then um, how do we get on this subject? I don't know. <laughs> Man, we we sure do wander sometimes. <laughs> well, um, I think it had something to do with revolvers. Oh yeah, like the the guy that shot himself in the leg. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think uh, maybe give him some. Bear you know, the mace. first <laughs> back in the back in the day, second chance body armor used to have a bowling pin shoot up here. And um, when Glocks first started really making the scenes, it was must have been like the mid '80s. Maybe it was a little bit later. Uh-huh. But the first and only accidental discharge on the line, resulting in blood coming from somebody, was a officer that reholstered his Glock with his finger on the trigger. And yeah. shot himself in the in the calf. Oh man! And uh, after that, there was a um, uh, Richard Davis developed a Glock proof holster. <laughs> you could discharge your Glock inside the holster, and it would not come out. It was made out of ballistic armor. <laughs> That's it was funny. kind of a joke. Pretty funny. <laughs> but um, you do some. Uh 
you do some L, uh, law enforcement type work. What uh-huh. what's your sidearm of choice? I mean, I obviously you got you can have I carry, anything. You I carried a 1911. I carried a 1911 forever. Mm-hmm. You and carry it uh, my de- cocked and locked, or yeah, yeah. Yep. And my department, uh, I'm trying to think if it was three years ago or two years ago, gave me a, tw- a fourth generation Glock 21. Now so the, that I had to, the Glock 21 shoot, is shoots what? 45 ACP. Okay. And uh, what do you so, think? What do you? Th- well, you might get in trouble, but no, they're great weapons. Yeah. Okay. No, they're they're great weapons. You know, out of the box, I've carried Glocks on several jobs that I've that I've worked on uh, Glock 19s usually, uh-huh. and and I've always gotten a fresh one out of a box, brand new, uh-huh. and they're always spot on. I mean, every every one of them that I've that I've used that I've that it was I was given to use was always at the first day at the range, first hour at the range, first minute at the range, first time you pulled the trigger, it hit exactly where it was supposed to hit. Huh. And, and um, I mean, I, I got, I you know, I didn't like Glock for a long time because of the plastic handles, but everybody, I kept getting one. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, finally I ended up buying a 19, um, probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago, eight years ago maybe. And, uh and so I and I occasionally carry that around, yeah. and and I don't you know believe it or not I don't carry my 1911 as much as I used to either. Hmm. I just carry my 1911 all the time. They're pretty. Always. They can be a little heavy, <laughs> a little on yeah, the heavy. 1911 end. with seven. I think I think my 1911 with seven rounds is probably close to the same weight as my as my 19 with with all the rounds that that carries. Hmm. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I I still like the 1911. Uh-huh. I've always I will always be a fan of that. Um, I've owned one since 1980. One, uh-huh. and uh, it's been my. I mean, I've carried it all over the place. Carried one of those all over the place. The Glock 19 is is a is a pretty damn good weapon. Yeah, you pull the trigger I mean, on those; they always go boom. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty proven, I would say. Yeah, yep, it's pretty just, proven. They always go boom. They they're very reliable. Um, they're the kind of gun that if you want to abuse it and not clean it, you can. Mm-hmm. And it and it still will go boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never, I won't say never have seen one jam up, but uh, I don't recall in my in recent history seeing one jam up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure they can. Uh, they make pretty cool carbine kits for them. Oh, so you can have like a little thing on there, a little yeah. Uh, stock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you could yeah. you could be like uh, Lee Van Cleef in some of those spaghetti westerns. <laughs> but um, the uh, yeah, I, you know the the deal with all the the pistols is I I like to try to shoot them a little bit before I buy one because. Uh, with the exception of something historical like that one I just showed. Because the thing is, is like I've shot some pistols that are like extremely highly rated. And for some reason, I just don't shoot that particular pistol accurately. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I take another one that, that people pan, like um, the, the Beretta M9. A lot of people pan that gun. And I love it. I mean, that was that was one of the first accurate pistols that I ever found 
you know, for, for me. And then, you know, and, but I shoot things like, I shoot things crazy. Like the, I've got a Colt Anaconda that I can drive tax with, you know, and then like, you know, some, I can't remember. It was one of the Sig Sours. I took it and tried to shoot it and it, it just, I just could not, I could not get consistent with it. And then another one I tried was, um, I tried the Springfield, uh, XD, and I just, mm-hmm. I could not, I, I ran like two boxes of ammo through my buddy's Springfield XD and I just could not make it shoot the way I wanted it to. So I, I didn't buy one, but, um, I have a Springfield, uh, uh, mil spec 1911 that I just love. Mm-hmm. That's another tack driver, you know, but, um, yeah, so I think it's, it's one of these times I'll have to see if I can get my hands on a 19 and see if I like it. I mean, it, yeah, there, it, 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 all, know, the, all the lovers can't here, be wrong, it. you know. <laughs> you, you know, you can you come up here next time, you can shoot it. I mean, it's a there, it's a nice gun. I mean, it really is. I, you know, I don't understand why all the accidental discharges. Oh, excuse me, why all the accidental discharges? Um, yeah, are, why they're so prevalent with that weapon? I never, I, I don't understand it. Why they, it is, but. It well, is. It is what it is. I mean, a lot of people have shot themselves with them. Yeah, and I, I think, um, I think some of that is going to be stuff getting caught in the trigger when you're going to reholster it. And then the other thing is, is like I, I'm going to have to confess when I went through, um, you know, like hunter safety and hunter safety class when I was a kid was really the the most specific firearms training I've had. But then, you know, my grandpa and my dad kind of taught me. They they never pounded home that idea of just keeping your finger straight and not putting it in the trigger. Ne- well, I don't, I don't no think source, that, that was. Yeah, that that's a that's a relatively new thing. So, well, at least from my perspective, right. I never that was never hammered home when I was coming up. So maybe that's maybe what, that's part of it is that people don't have that one have of that the things, muscle memory yet. One of the things that uh, that I noticed over the years was. Um, I think that your, um, like my my dad taught me to always keep my finger off the trigger. Yeah, and that was what that was the terminology that he used. Just keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot, but not out of the trigger guard entirely. You know, like well, you see right. the guys that and are holding their finger they they don't ever put their finger in there until they're going right. to shoot. Right. So you'll never and see a picture of a cop with his finger on the trigger. It's always pointed out. You know, right. Yep. And yep. they, and then the other thing was, is I was trained. You don't take the safety off until you're like gonna shoot. Yeah. You know, and so that, I mean, maybe the, it's just that the training isn't quite there. You get guys like me that never had that finger training that all of a sudden go out and buy a Glock and then shoot themselves in the foot. <laughs> right. And right. the trigger, yeah. the trigger pull on those, I, I have dry fired one and the trigger pull is like, Super light, uh, lighter yeah. than I thought it would be. But anyway, I digress. Any other cool stuff at shot? Oh, it's, dude, it's shot. It's there is never a ton ending. Of cool shit. I <laughs> mean, never ending. Every, every direction you look, there's something cool to look at. Yeah. Um, I was pretty focused, uh, you know, talking to the knife people, trying to, you know, get everybody that, you know, I really could, that want, you know, that I could see. And, uh-huh. um, I was looking for a survival rifle and didn't see one. You know, like I'm, I'm still, I'm still looking for somebody to make a, 
like the Springfield M6. Yeah. You have one of those? Um, no, I'll show you what I do have. I wrote an article on this for SWAT. Um, I'll, uh, I'll whip it out here. I don't know that, I, I, you know, it's okay. Um, it, it wouldn't be my thing. I, well, I just, what the hell is that? Well, this is a, um, this is called a pack rifle. I'll bring it up there. You can, uh, you can keep it for a while. Um, but it's, uh, it basically, if I can get it together, I'm doing something wrong. There it is. So this is made in America. It's, um, Super duper lightweight. It's a single shot, uh, 22 long rifle that breaks down. Uh, and then it's got some other features like, um, it can, you can turn it into a fishing rod. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a light underneath the barrel, a uh, little, little LED flashlight. It's got, um, a bunch of different things, but, um, I don't like the sights on it. I don't, I don't think the sights are as, who made, that? Who made that? I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's made um, in Logan, Utah, um, and it's like made by just a machine shop up there. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it, but name of the machine shop, but it's uh, Pack P A K rifle. And I, I a couple years ago, I wrote an article in um, SWAT on it, um, just just you know talking about the different features of it, and it's it's a carbon fiber barrel. On the outside, and then like a real small barrel on the inside. And it's an all right rifle. I just, I just, um, if I'm gonna, I'd say Ruger 1022, dude. <laughs> well, like, yeah, you saw that one I had, right? Yeah, I mean, and and the thing about those things is you can get so many danged accessories. Like, what what I want to get, what I what I was looking for. Have you you've seen? You know what I'm talking about when I say an M6, right? Um, M6 is a Springfield. Made it for a long time. They were uh, uh, they were in the survival kit for pilots. Yeah, let a, me, they were let a, me. they were like a two two. I'm thinking they were like a two twenty Swift and a shotgun shell, like a twenty gauge or oh, a like a four ten or whatever. Yeah, yeah and a, and um, uh, and then I think when Marlin or when uh, when Springfield started making them for the commercial market, they put a trigger guard on it. So yeah. you couldn't fold it all the way in half. Yeah. Okay. Now and I know they what made you're it, talking they about. They made it a twenty-two, four ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to make something like I like to have something like that. Mm-hmm. That has a pistol grip that folds in half. Yeah. And for and Springfield had one a couple years ago as a prototype. Uh huh. And for some reason it went on the back burner and now they're not going to make it. But it was really cool. I mean, it was a neat-looking little rifle-shotgun combination. It folded up nicely, uh, very compact, and, uh, you know, handy. Yeah. You know, because let's face it, if you're, you know, you're packing somewhere, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to pack a, 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 if I'm not actually, like, going hunting. Yeah. And I just want to have something in my pack. Yeah. Along with a, along with a pistol, but along with something that I could, if I wanted to pop a rabbit or if I wanted to pop a, you know, squirrel or something like that, I could easily do that. Yeah, like um, a pheasant gun. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, Ruger makes. Um, it's probably too heavy, but Ruger makes an over under skunk gun like you're talking about, twenty two yeah. on top and four ten on the bottom. Like that's like. I like, mean, Savage makes that. I have a Savage, Savage. makes one. 
Yeah, yeah I know I Ruger's savage, got old one savage. too. Ruger's got a, a, a fairly nice one on the market. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not foldable. Oh, this thing was all metal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all... Um, yeah, it was just a just a handy piece to have, and a lot of guys, yeah. you know, they they they're they're pretty desirable, and if you run across one, they're usually like five hundred bucks or Jeepers. more. Yeah, you know, that's a lot of money for a, you know, for single a disposable gun, basically. Two <laughs> two uh, uh, two barreled rifle, yeah. two barreled shotgun. Yeah. So. Oh, I see. I got um. Let's see what I mean. I'm probably gonna remember. I mean, when you come back from shot show, you've been overloaded with yeah, all yeah, of the yeah. new stuff, you know. Um, the guy visited with uh, um, the guy from Pro Tech Knives. Oh, cool. Um, the autos. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, I mean, he's a great guy. They got a great company. Mm-hmm. Um, Mantis Knives. Um, saw some of the stuff that they have going on. Um, who else? Condor has some cool stuff. Oh, you probably met with Joe. Yeah. Yeah, that was a Joe topic. For quite a bit. Yeah, yep. that's a topic I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Visited with Joe for quite a bit. He's a, uh, you know, he's been doing a lot of work with them with uh, with Condor. He seems to be turning out some real reasonable priced uh, items that that. Um, are are actually good values. Very, yeah, very like good values. Na- native you know, you get, blade shapes. He's yeah, he's get, really good at that. That's yeah. yeah that's, you get a lot of bang for your buck with his stuff. Yeah. So while you were at shot, um, I get this cryptic text from Joe, and it it was like, oh, I'll see if I can find it here, but here it is. He says um, the first text I got from him is. Uh, just just out of the blue, haven't heard from him in a couple months. Just a t- single text that says, Logistic, logistics and company all set up. <laughs> just out of the blue. And so I, I text him back a question mark, and he goes, did you get my text before this one? I said no. So he huh. says, uh, I'm debuting my jungle expedition company, Bushcraft Global. Check it out on YouTube. First trip this October, I have indigenous guides, insurance, uh, and everything, and we're all set up. And then he says, "Come to Columbia in October." And so I'm gonna put, I'm putting that on my schedule. Um, go down there and see what kind of monkey business he's up to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm ac- actually fairly excited. And I know you got an invite too. Yep. yep. So that and that he, basically d- does away with my idea for a Guiana trip. <laughs> and I and I thought he was gonna kiss me. Oh, you said. At- yeah, because yeah, I was like, yeah, I probably would go on that. Yeah, sweet. I said, if I'm in the country, I'm not shooting pirates in the face. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go. Yeah, it'll be awesome. That'll be, yep. uh, that'll be a good trip. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I tried to call him, but he's, he's, he was tied up and shot and stuff. So I still need to talk to him about the details. But um, if it comes together, I'd for sure go. You know. It'd be a lot of fun. I've never, never stepped one single foot in Columbia that I, that I'll admit to. <clears throat> well, um, I know they have very good coffee. Yeah, Juan <laughs> Valdez and his donkey <laughs> and whatnot. And uh, uh, I'm thinking that 
I'm trying to think if it was Colombia. Maybe not. Maybe it was El Salvador. Hmm. That a buddy of mine got a pretty mean case of typhoid. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, you want to make sure you uh, are vaccinated and on on the appropriate appropriate prophylactics and antibiotics. That is. Hey, I got to take a quick coffee break. I got to okay. fill my cup. I'm I will out too. Of coffee right now, and we'll take two seconds. Be right back. But. Okay, so you know how I feel about busting people's uh, chops, right? Yeah, right. So I got to bring this up because it's kind of funny. Okay. Um, I'm at Sog's booth. Right, right. And I'm speaking with Chris, and uh, I happened to look in the case, and there was something there that I hadn't seen before. Had I never noticed. A lot of people know that I carry a Sog. Uh, um, my multi-tool is a SOG tool. It's the one that's held up the best for me over all these years, and I probably have a half a dozen of them. I, 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 it tends to be the one that I recommend. Right. Um, the, I think it's the EOD tool. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I'm talking to Chris. I'm looking down on the case, and I see a knife, and it looks like a big hollow handle knife. It kind of <laughs> looks like a – kind of looks like a, a – in a way, I don't know if you remember back in the day, there was a, a knife called, that K-Bar made called a warthog. Hmm. I don't know if they still make it, but it's a kind of a, a kind of a funny looking knife anyway. And, okay. And uh, I had one given to me, and I cannot remember the designer's name. I'll think about it here in a second. Uh, Newt Livesey okay. was the des- the original designer. And uh, anyway, so I'm looking down, and the blade kind of looks like that. I was like, what is that? Uh-huh. And it's And it's got a thing next to it. And he and he said, "Oh, that thing. That's a that's a knife that you can screw onto a broom handle." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, what?" He's like, "Yeah, I, I, we don't." He's like, "I don't. I'm not real proud of that. I don't like to talk about that much." <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing. I was like, "What?" I, I said, "Well, he's well. It's got." He said, "It's got another handle," and he pointed over next to it, and there's another little stubby one. Uh-huh. And it looks like a little stubby broom handle, but it's got the threads on it, you know, like the <laughs> like screw into a push broom handle yeah. or a paint roller. Yeah, right. He said, yeah, you can screw a paint roller or a broom handle onto it and make a spear out of it. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. So if you're lost in the wilderness, you can carve the threads onto a piece of st- on a stick and screw it into the <laughs> into the into the knife, and you got it. You're all set. <laughs> and of course, I'm, I was just breaking his chops, but it was it was kind of funny. I said, "Well, look at it this way." I said, "Let's say you need a little six inch extension. You can use that handle as a as a six inch extension on your paint roller if you wanted to." <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was pretty funny. I I don't know if they'll ever sell many of those, but um, well, you know, Sog just took a massive, massive, massive leap uh, 
in terms of um, publicity if they can get it if they can get it out there. So have you have you seen the movie Lone Survivor yet? No. Well, guess what? Guess what knife uh, Marky Mark is carrying? Oh yeah. Take a look. A, a sog. Really? Seal yeah. pup. Seal pup elite. Um, but then, so I um, I ordered one just to see um, see what it was all about, and I'm I'm actually fairly impressed with the knife itself. I um, I'm not super enthused about the um, the finger guards or the finger grooves on the handle. Um, but the cool thing is, is that this, if it, I don't know if you can see it, but they, they ground in a, a distal taper mm-hmm. towards the tip of the blade there. Like, and most of the time you see a production knife, it doesn't have that, uh, mm-hmm. a taper. Yeah. Um, but, um, the thing that I really liked about it, the thing that was most attractive was the, uh, sheath. And mine, mine, uh, I ordered this one from Blade HQ, and I actually ordered the right sheath, but they sent me the wrong one. Um, it's it's the one that has like the little cutout towards the tip, um, that is supposed to be so that you have a little little edge of blade exposed, so that you can cut it without taking the fixed cut rope or whatever without taking the fixed blade out. That was actually designed by a seal. I know. I, can't, yeah. I cannot remember his name, but I met him and I met him in Sog's booth a couple years back. Yeah, but I wanted that sheath, um, but they didn't. They didn't send me the right sheath. Um, but anyway, okay. So um, I, I grabbed my stack of cards so I can remind myself of who else I, spo- I spoke with. But um, met with Jason Bruce. Uh, Jason Bruce, yeah. What's he? Um, what's his company? Bruce Blades. Yeah, I know him. He from was the somewhere. guy a couple years ago when I was working for F and W. Uh, we were leaving the blade show, locking all the doors up and stuff and chasing everybody out. And there was a couple kids that were standing, they were, they were like sitting on a bench next to the main door to get in. Uh-huh. And, uh, we walked, walked by. Then later on that evening, I walked by that entrance again and they were still sitting there. And I was, I, I had to ask him what, why were they standing there or sitting mm-hmm. there? And they said they were waiting for Jason for the giveaway that Jason's going to have at his table the next day for a chance to first one at his table gets gets a chance to buy his knife. Oh. And I thought that was kind of funny cuz I hadn't heard of him before. Before uh-huh. that before that time cuz he's just a a young up and comer but boy he had some nice stuff. Yeah. I was I was pretty impressed. That's cool. Um then I went to the case dinner, okay? Yeah. And uh, Case every year at the Shot Show puts on a big deal for their for their uh, um, their vendors, their dealers, and it's a, it's always a great time because it's it's the whole place is filled up with guys that love Case. They sell Case. They live Case. They eat. You know. Yeah. They they live and breathe it. Uh-huh. And it's just a lot of fun. And uh, I was sitting with with Steve Shackelford and um um. Bruce Boyles, and we were laughing like crazy all night about a lot of things. And sitting down around the table from us was a fella that that started, I think he was the first internet knife dealer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, his name was Howard Korn, and he owned and started a place called the Knife Center. Yeah, I buy from the internet all the time. Okay. Yeah. So we started talking. He used to advertise with me on knife forums, and he we started talking about about the early days of the internet, 
And it just was, it was so funny. We were laughing so hard about the stuff that we were doing and the stuff that we were talking about and how we were trying to convince people that, that this was going to be the way to go. And his first website was actually pages out of the Blue Ridge catalog <laughs> <laughs> that, that were like, that were like, um, uh, scans. And so you would just basically click on a link and you would go to page one and it would be page one of a catalog and he would airbrush his prices in and then you would call his store and, yeah. and order it. You know, yeah. so that's how that's how he was like the first like doing internet mail order type stuff. It yeah. was pretty funny. No shopping cards, no nothing like that, you yeah. know. And so he's a he's maybe a little bit older than me, but not much, you know, and uh-huh. he said, Yeah, he said, uh, it was sort of like the Wild West. Yeah. And I said, yeah. I said, you're right. And I said, and we were like the surviving two gunfighters, early gunfighters, <laughs> because we were the ones that were, that really were the leading edge of all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it was, it was fun. It was fun talking to him about, you know, knife forms back in the day and rec dot knives back before that. And yeah, uh, you know, back when when um, when my site was and stuff <laughs> was HTML, and so that was. I mean, we had a we had just a great uh, we had a great great visit. You know, I bought. Uh, you know, I'm always talking about that random task. Yep, I bought that. That was the first knife I ever bought over the internet, and I bought it from his site way oh, back yeah. when. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it was it was awesome. Um, So then I got to meet Ryan Daniels. The Daniels family is the family that bought Queen Cutlery. Okay. And uh, and so I have this. I haven't even messed with it much because I want to take pictures of it before I do. But it is a wonderful, wonderful Shatton Morgan Keystone Series. Model 65 Stag. Hmm. And if you oh, can take a look yeah, at that. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, like just a classic. Uh, that's beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful piece. Matching stag scales. Uh Walk and talk is beautiful, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to do a quick little video of this and put it in the the next issue of Knife Journal, so that people can see the walk and talk. What nice quality stuff! Yeah, you know, I mean, there was a they were having some rough spots uh, early on because it was they were dealing with uh, uh, the previous uh, Ontario owners, and I really think that they've stepped up the. I mean the queen stuff is is really really well done. Cool. Uh, the the um, you know and I and I have a soft spot for for traditional folders. Mm-hmm. I, I I still like them. I still like pocket knives. Um, I will more than likely when this is all said and done, I probably will carry this knife for quite a while. I mean it's just is a it's just it's got that that blade shape right there to yeah. me is is just a just classic uh, boy yep. scout knife. Yep. Do they, you know, do they make point. a, did they, they call do, it a spear point? Do they make a elephant toe? Yeah. Dude, I'm all they over make, that. They make hammer toes too. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like when like Yosemite Sam takes a hammer and like <laughs> misses the bunny? And, 
Okay, so who else did I see? I saw... Oh, my critters are monsters. Yeah, the critters woke up from their nap. I thought I could get away with it because they were napping so good. So I had a wonderful visit with Mel Turkle. Do you know who Mel Turkle is? I know the name. I don't think I met him. Well, he would be the guy that designed your tent. Oh, my Kifaru. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We were laughing like crazy. He hmm. is. He's a nice guy. He's a lot of fun. He mm -hmm. is... Um, uh, we were talking about a lot of different stuff, and uh, I think I'm going to have to let my critters out. He, okay. We were talking about a lot of stuff, and he was, you know, I was kind of questioning how far backlog they were on their tent stuff. And he said, you cannot believe how many of those that we sell. You cannot believe it. He said, the tent guy, it's all he does now is just make tents. And, you know, they're hard to come by. I think I waited a couple months to get mine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Heli knives. Yeah. Visited with... With heli knives. Cool. Okay, wait a minute. My startup, I just got a thing that says my startup disk is full. You need to make more space available on your startup disk by deleting files. Wondering if my audio just shut off. Is it still Am going? Am I still recording? Uh, yeah, still recording. Let me uh, let me take five here. Let me get my, my hard drive and my portable hard drive and take out some files. If you hear some clicking in the background, I'm I'm deleting some files because my hard drive is getting a little bit full. But um, what do you want to rant about? We rant about anything? No, I, we got too much to cover to rant. <laughs> All right. So I I got another phone call. I talked to Chance Sanders, our friend. Yeah. And he has. Uh, and then coincidentally, I also talked to our other friend Ethan Becker. And those two have a uh, cooking DVD coming out, Cooking in the Woods, with, you know, some different uh, techniques and fire management and, you know, kinds of pans to get. And I mean, they just cover a lot of stuff that, that uh, unless you've got a lot of experience, um, wouldn't necessarily know, you know. So, mm -hmm. and then the the main thing we talked about was this movie, The Hunted. <laughs> And uh, hey, he's a big hunted fan. Yeah, massive. It turns out that's like his um, first blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so he's all crazy about the knife that's in there, which is basically the Tom Brown uh, tracker knife. Right. And right. Um, we got to talking about that. And so I watched the movie. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and um, I'm going to probably try to forge one of those just to play around with it to see if see if I like it or not, you know, but, um, yeah, it was kind of neat. I, I, I thought that was a pretty good movie. Have you seen it? A little bit. Yeah. I don't think I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Well, it, the one scene <laughs> towards the end, uh, like I, I didn't really understand the, the part towards the end. So like the, 
the Antonio Banderas character like escapes and um it seems like he's like hanging out on the edge of town like by this uh power dam or something you know on a river and like the cops and everybody are looking for him they're dragging the river and all this but somehow he's able to stick around like you know like a mile away at this dam and he manages to find an old leaf spring and he forges a new knife without a forge mind you (laughs) from an old leaf spring so i having forged a few things um i don't know how he did that (laughs) <laughs> my TV just turned on. Hang on. I had my news on pause. Oh, and your your TiVo it, got filled it, up. Yeah, and the the cash fills up, and then it starts. Uh, then it just turns on. Yeah. So anyway, talk to talk to Chance for a bit. Um, let's see. Yeah, the lone, lone Survivor. I wanted to mention that. That's actually a good movie. I think you'd get a kick out of it. Yeah, and it's a good product placement for Sog, like awesome product placement. Um, and uh, let's see, who else? What else? Who else did I talk to? Well, of course, Joe Flowers mentioned that. Oh, and then um, last weekend I went down to Orlando, and it was uh, 60 degrees, and I was outside running, <laughs> ran ran a few miles in in uh, short sleeves. <laughs> But uh, I was down there um, with my friend Mickey Grossman working on um, setting up a China expedition. And uh, I got this in the mail. What's that? This is, uh, you recognize it? That looks familiar. Yeah, it's it's Dave uh, Canterbury's um, Blind Horse Knife collaboration, the Pathfinder oh. 1. Um, nice. But uh, anyway, one of the things I was Who's, doing down... What's that? Where'd you get that from? Where'd you get that from? From Canterbury. I bought it. Oh. I, well, because you know, I figured... Because this is the knife that we used um, on, the, on the Amazon 5000 expedition. And it's actually a, a really good knife. Um, and I figured they aren't going to be making any more of them. <laughs> so I, I figured I better well, get one before... No, I uh, think they are. Well, I think they are. I blind think, Horse is I no think, more, though. Right, no, but I think that Dan is going to make those under Battle Horse. Okay. My understanding was Dave was still going to continue to have that knife made. Yeah, but I wanted the Blind Horse one. Um, so anyway, Mickey and I were talking about... And see, personally, that's not my favorite knife that Blind Horse made. Well, it's not mine either, but I have history with it. Yeah. You, you see why I might want one, yeah, right? I suppose. So... <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not like a super big fan of, you know, a lot of the knives that I've had over time, but I kind of want one for the, for the collection just, just because. But and then the other, the other reason I got it is that, uh, I'm working, uh, I'm, I'm going to be making the knife for the China expedition. And so Mickey really liked this knife, but he had some things that he wanted to improve on it. Um, and so I wanted to have, uh, just so that I could have it handy to make the improvements that are that he wants. So he, he likes the dimensions, the five and a half inch blade, three sixteen inch thick. Um, but he wanted, uh, and this is why I was going to ask you about the tritium. The, the, one of the main things he wants is if you see on these Pathfinder knives, it's basically a green canvas micarta. He wants it to be bright yellow. 
for the same reason that I like orange on knives that you're going to actually use in the woods is, is because you set them down and then you can't find them again, you know? And so, um, and so what he started doing was just putting uh, fluorescent orange and fluorescent yellow tape on everything so that when you set Mm -hmm. it down, well, he wants the knife to actually have that in it. Um, And then the other thing he was wanting was, uh, um, some sort of a material on the knife that would show up under black light or would glow in the dark. Well, you get that blue glow canvas. Blue, you mean blue, the blue glow liners? Oh, you mean uh, moon, glow. Blue glow. Moon, moon glow? Moon glow, blue right. glow, moon glow. Yeah. Well, and so I'm. Mike has some, um, but yeah. I'm I'm having a hard time sourcing those moon glow uh, liners outside of Mike. Um, yeah, he gets them from somewhere secret. Yeah, I know, and so that's the thing is I'm going to have to bribe him. Um, but uh, and then he wanted uh, a little bit more jimping on the top of the knife. Um, he wants a little bit. He basically wants my handle shape, um, and then a couple other things. He wanted a texture on the on the handle. So I, I'm working on. Um, I'm thinking about doing doing little engravings of like a topo. You know, like when you look at a topo map. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's what I'm thinking of doing is doing like a little topo map <laughs> on the on the handle, um, just okay. for something stupid. But hold hold that thought. I got the big dog in. Okay. That uh, uh, big dog is a pain in the ass, or the big dog is not a pain in the ass, but the other little dog is a retard. Yeah. Let's just say that he's special. Yeah, he's yeah he's special, all right. But and then the other thing was that he. Um, he wants it to look more American, <laughs> so I'm going to make it instead of being just a. I guess you'd call this. A, well, it's technically it's a spear point um, with the way the blade tip is in line with the center of the handle. Um, but so I'm going to do a, a Bowie shape for him. Um, you know, thinking that. It okay, looks, you want to know something really fucking creepy? What? Really, really, really fucking creepy. What? I happen to flip my Google page over to Facebook, uh-huh. and there's a goddamn ad for Pathfinder School R&D Team. <laughs> R&D Team? What's that? Innovative Tactical Concepts. Huh. And 33 other friends joined this group. I don't know that one. That's just too fucking creepy for me. Well... Well, and then and then the sheath, and this is where Mike comes in. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you realize I'm, there's there's an ad for this shit on my Facebook as we're talking about it right now that just showed up. I don't know. You know, like on the on the side, you're yeah yeah. You're talk, we're talking about something on Skype right now. And what do we have? Some kind of fucking voice recognition software that's saying, "Oh, Pathfinder School." Um, and 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 Pathfinder knife and the goddamn school. I mean, this thing shows up on the, on my Facebook page. That's a little weird. That's creepy, dude. That's just creepy shit. Well, it's probably just coincidence. <laughs> oh yeah, it's always just a goddamn coincidence. <laughs> like I want to kill that dog. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> he's 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 like going like this on the. He's like going like this on the. Like, out yeah. the window. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that, <laughs> but this, that's creepy. That just yeah. showed up there. That's just creepy. 
Well, Anyways. another another feature he's looking for is um, he wants this guarded. So I showed him Lon Humphrey's uh, Brute to Forge with the integrated guard there. You know how he hammers yep. that out, and yep. he loves it. So oh, for the love of God! <laughs> you, you you seriously you can't you can't I'm gonna have to take a picture of him doing that. You're not gonna believe it. No, okay. So he wants he wants a bigger guard. Well, no, on the on the Pathfinder, there's no guard there. So what right. I'm what I'm showing Jim is there's a step off between the blade and the front of the handle, and um, he wants it guarded because you know they what they were using these for was stabbing pigs, like you know they they'd go and they'd find a wild boar and they'd club it over the head and then stab it to kill it. Well, what what happened is the their hand and slip off the handle and then get onto the blade and get cut and stuff so he wants he wants a guard there but he doesn't want to change anything so what i'm going to do is i'm going to um do lon humphrey's uh integrated Where did guard. Kill a pig like that in the jungle they have pigs all over the place yeah the wild wild boars and stuff um and then yeah. you just you you chase them around chase them around hurt them next to a natural obstacle like water Right, and so you get them on the bank of a stream, and you get them. They're by then they're pretty tired because they're in mud and stuff. And then you just take a. You know big, they swim. Uh, yeah, these ones didn't. <laughs> so he he he. Uh, you take a a big branch of a tree or something, and you whack it over the head, and then somebody else runs in and stabs it, and it's hmm. yeah. So then, but that's how they hunt them there. Um, so I'm going to put uh, Lon Humphrey's uh, guard on there. And then uh, I, I'm taking the Scandi grind out. See, the thing is, on this Pathfinder knife, it's got a Scandi grind. Mm-hmm. And we that's fantastic for, like, whittling whistles and, like, bow drills and spoons and crap. But we don't do that. You know, these are used for, like, fruit, you know, cutting fruit, you know, cleaning game and stuff. And, and the Scandi just doesn't doesn't perform as well as, like, a full convex. But... With this thick of steel, um, I'm going to make the blade, instead of being an inch and a quarter, it's going to be an inch and a half tall so that the angle is right and the edge geometry is right when you do a full convex on there. But anyway, yeah, I digress. The, the, uh, I think this, this Gandy grind is very very specific. Okay, i got to go let him back in. Okay. to see how good he can be i have my little push button here he starts talking he's gonna get it <laughs> and while i was wandering around i uh getting the batteries i this is my this is my 38 rig 
Oh, that's sweet. So it's yeah. just a piece of it's just a kydex. It yeah. snaps in place. The gun is held upside down. Uh-huh. And it's it's hung by paracord. Uh-huh. And then uh I made myself that's the divider. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. It's just a little knot. Yeah, like a, it it's place. a cobra. And it's a slider. Yeah. And it's a slider so it adjusts. Uh-huh. You know, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. It works sweet. real well. Um The other thing, what were we talking about? Oh, knives. The, yes, the Pathfinder. Uh, stabbing, stabbing pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that? That's a Bark River. Which one is it, though? It's an Aurora. Yeah, yeah. The uh, again, the 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 issue uh, is with three V uh, Aurora. Bloody, wet, nasty, stinky hands. Um, without a little bit of a guard there, it's they were having problems because of that. Um, but. But anyway, the other thing is, the, the, and the reason I'm working with Mike on this is the sheath. Um, he likes the the drop sheath like that um, with the belt loop, but he doesn't like the belt loop being made out of leather. Uh, and so um, I'm going to work with Mike. I I made one. Why for does my, he like it made out of leather? Because the, the leather rots and really? fall, and falls really? apart. Now you're not telling me that bullshit. I can show yeah, you video bullshit. and pictures. No. Yeah, I want to see it. After I, I a year? See a after I want to see a fucking leather sheath that is rotted in the jungle. Uh, in one okay. year. I'll put it I up on hear, Facebook I right now. I, I saw bullshit. I'll put it up on Facebook. And the, the I, other I problem is that. is that the <laughs> it, it not only rots, but the it's riveted and screwed in there. And those holes stretch because they're getting wet and Shrinking, it shrinks, expand, shrink, expand, shrink, expand, and the whole thing falls apart. That's why. Um, how come? How how the hell come? How did? How the fuck did leather sheaths survive in Vietnam? Did they survive in Vietnam? Yeah. Yeah. For a yeah, year, never going yeah. inside. Come yeah. on now, come on now. The, 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 never the boots did. No, they didn't. They fell apart like crazy. That's one of, one of the big, big criticisms is that everything freaking rotted over there. No, it didn't. Well, a lot of guys that were over there that that came home with their shit, it didn't all rot. Well, at any rate, this particular one rotted. Um, but and by rot, I don't mean it like turned into like nasty bacon that stinks. What I mean is. That um, you see there's rivets and it's riveted to the stuff. Those holes over the course of a year like stretched, you know, because the the leather gets wet and it never dries out. And then the next thing you know, those holes are, you know, pretty I, big. I'm not it, buying it. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, well, you don't have to buy it, but it happened. So, um, I mean, I, I have, I, I wear a leather sheath underwater. I've been diving with a leather sheath for 15 years, the same leather sheath. The same leather sheath. The same leather sheath. Well, this... Underwater, this one, underwater, dude. This one had problems. Um, <laughs> well, then, I, I'm guessing it's probably the... the the uh, It probably was maybe the leather. Okay. But, but I doubt very much if it was... I mean, it might have been something about the leather that was funking it up, but... Okay. Uh, uh, like, maybe they, instead of... Is the leather on your on your dive sheath? Been, is it, it um, 
is it oil impregnated or something? Yeah, it's it's so wax maybe this is like a, a a vegetable tan or some yeah, you know maybe it was bullshit. some kind of tanning that right that was and that so was that, an that's issue, the but. point is like um, he he wants it to be to not have that issue and he specifically he was saying that he did not want the entire back to be leather but instead be kydex ah uh. so that's that's the that's the thing um but yeah so so i'm, I'm going to work with mike time. to try to try to get something put together that actually works because i can I, bend kydex but i'm not near as good at it as i'd need to be um, gotta gotta cause some some kind of drama. No, yeah, it's fine. difficulties with the hard drive <laughs> his, his hard drive blew up <laughs> you know well, i don't even remember what we were talking about um we were talking about the design of the knife oh blue, yeah blue. so but anyway i'm going to work with mike on the kydex for that because i can do kydex but i i can't do it with good enough um execution and so I'm working on that uh, with Mike and hopefully have something together. I've got some steel, um, 01 tool steel on the way. I've already got the, uh, I've already got some yellow G10 to work with. And I'm going to, just for the first prototype one, I'm going to use uh, orange G10 liners. Oh, and that reminds me, the other thing he wanted was, um, apparently he had trouble with the glue um, gluing the scale to the handles on on the Pathfinder knife. Apparently, there was some trouble with that. They loosened or something, and uh, he wants the pins to be um, peened, riveted. So I'm going to do that too, and then hopefully put together a prototype and bring it up to Mike's and see what we can come up with for a peen riveted. Why would you do that? Well, so that um, the pins, right? Will you put the pin through the handle, and then you in the handle where the holes for the pins are, you do a little countersink in there, right? And then you peen the pins on either side oh, that's so that stupid. it's a rivet. Do Just do <laughs> Corby bolts. What are those? Yeah. Corby you, bolts, you screw them together, and then you then you grind them off. Oh, and, I see you, what you're you saying. Can't, yeah, yeah. You can peen those, but they're going to they'll lose. When you peen stuff over, it loosens up. Uh, I haven't had Corby, that problem. Well, you've not been around as long as I have. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you peen stuff over, it it does loosen up. You can't keep it that tight. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Corby bolts with the right kind of epoxy screwed together and finished well, are not coming apart. You can't knock those handles off of these Bark River knives. These are Corby bolts. Which are those? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
You know, if yeah, you look yeah. at them, if you look at them close, you can see the, you can see the, sometimes you can see the threads in them. Huh. They, they don't come, they don't, they don't come apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's another solution. That'd be another solution to that problem. Yeah, because um, you you start peeing stuff over, and then you get, you get you'll get movement in that. That that happens. It's possible. Yeah. Um. But but uh. Yeah. So Corby bolts would be another solution. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Try not to reinvent the wheel. Well, I didn't know about that portion of the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm not a freaking expert in knives. Yeah. So and that's that's the other thing I'm gonna try to get with Mike on is the um is some of the you know logistics and and specifics of these things. Yeah, I give you a hard time all the time, but oh, I don't care. Um, but um, yeah, the the Corby bolts. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Ah, satisfaction. Yeah, so... I rung um, the bell. He just had a little uh, electrical therapy there. (laughs) (laughs) I see what else I Oh, yeah, they've got... um, even uh, Jant's Supply has uh, Corby bolts. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know Mike was using oh. those because when I, when I was well, up there, made, we just used. Them, they, uh, they make them. Well, yeah, we made, we used regular pins. Yeah, yeah, we use regular pins, but you can use Corby bolt. He uses Corby bolts a lot. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. And even if the pins are done uh-huh. and, do, and done right, they're not coming apart. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know how. I, I mean, I seriously, I don't know how. I mean, that's like one of the fewest things I think handle scales that have come loose have been an issue with any of the, of the knives that Mike has, uh, has redone. Yeah. We're not talking about Mike, though. <laughs> no, that he's redone, that his company yeah. has redone thousands of knives. Yeah. And I don't know how you, I mean, I don't know. Sort of like chipping out the edge, you know. A lot of guys chip out the edge of their knife because they don't know how to use it. Right. Well, again, um, and they say these, that they're hard users, but no, it's actually inexperienced users. Right. Well, and then and then so you know, then the thing is, is like, um, you know, you, the way I see it, that you know, I'm going to try to design something that can't be screwed up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to try to take a lot of those kinds of factors out of there. You know. Um, knowing that that it's going to be misused, and knowing that it's not, you know, necessarily the way I would do it, but uh, you know, tr- trying to design something that will actually work for the way that that the knives are actually being used, not necessarily the way they should be used. Right. I noticed I was at a I was at a, a gathering one time, and there was a. Uh, a knife that got broke and it was um the the edge chipped out of it the snap cuts right yeah yep yeah and so i found that to be kind of intriguing yeah well again it's um nikki nikki grossman is not a a knife nut or a knife like i mean he didn't go to the you know morris kahansky school of knife handling (laughs) you know so he's going to do a lot of things that your average guy is going to do um with with regards to using a knife like um 
For instance, I don't, I, I've kind of gotten away from putting my thumb on the top of the spine of the knife. Mm-hmm. But if I, I guarantee you, um, if we go up to random people at Walmart and put a knife on the table and say, hey, what do you think about this knife? They're going to pick it up and the first thing they're going to do is put their thumb on top of the knife and say, oh, yeah, that's a nice, nice knife. You know, mm-hmm. so like for whatever reason, um, we're, t- we're taught to use the power grip and that's the correct way. But the average person is not doing that, mm-hmm. you know, and um, even even people that aren't necessarily the average people aren't aren't doing it that way. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, so he's asking again, me to make it a certain way for him. And I well, wouldn't that, necessarily and do that for me. me up. That's what, that's yeah. that's the this is the typical idea of what's going on in the knife industry right now. So we've got a guy. That knows nothing about knives. I'm going to cut this out, by the way. Why? Because. Does he listen to this? You've got yeah. a guy that knows nothing about knives, that he's right. going to design a knife that he's going to use. But he knows nothing about knives. Um, except that he's probably used a knife more than any 10,000 people that you know combined. Uh, no, I'm doubting that. I'm doubting that because <laughs> if, you, if you use a knife that much... If you use a knife that much, you don't care what knife it is. You really don't because you well, can use he's any not, knife. He's you, can use, I, you can use any knife. Half of this is, is, is me trying to put something better, you know, right. than, than what he was using. Right. You know, so half of it's me um, and half of it is basically because I asked him, like, how would you improve this? Right. And he told me. Right. You know, so I'm going to go with that. But then um, – <laughs> But, but then, then the I'm, other thing is, is like, dude, y- you can say what you want. Um, he's the only person in history ever to fucking walk across South America through the parts that he did. So, you know, he may not meet whatever criteria these little fur-wearing boot buttheads that are bushcrafters meet to say he's an experienced woodsman. But I'm sorry. I'm he's got a year that. of walking through South America on fucking foot. I'm not with saying a knife. that. No, now wait a minute. Now he was in a vehicle with fucking handcuffs on at one point in time. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so. you know, by by GPS, <laughs> you can go back, and he started from the spot where, yeah, you know. So like, you know, he doesn't necessarily have all of the refinements and ways of doing things that that no, you no, know people that I'm know what they're doing is, would no, do. But you're, he's you're, he's gone. You're not from what I'm saying, you're not getting what I'm saying. <laughs> that doesn't make him a fucking boot designer. No, 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 no. I, I get and that's, it. And that's my point. It doesn't just yeah. because you did something doesn't mean you can do something else. You can't right. you can't you can't equate designing fucking computer programs with owning a computer. Of course not. And that's the, and that's the point. Just because yeah. you own a computer and you worked on a computer your whole life does not make you a programmer. Well, this is true. Um, but, you know, there's a I think there's a there's and, a tendency and, to. um to, to look at the way some people use knives and say they're using them incorrectly when, when well, I don't think there's any in, incorrect in way to use stuff. No, seriously. Right. I don't think if you get the job done with the tool that you have, you know, and you can leave this in, seriously. I, yeah. I don't, I'm not saying anything bad, I don't think, about anybody. I'm saying that if you can use a tool to get your job, the job done the way you want it done, then you are successful at it. Right. Designing so, a, designing something that you think is going to make it work better than somebody that actually designed the thing to start with that actually designs stuff is not doesn't make any sense to me. 
Right. Well, what what I would say is that, that it's like me um, saying I've I like actually, to fly and I got I like to fly first class, but I want to design an airplane. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to make my comfort better. So are you saying I shouldn't 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 try to design a knife? Is that where you're no. going with this? No. Nope. Nope. I didn't say that. Okay. I'm just saying that what is the what is the end game here to all of this? To, just for fun. Uh, meaning to try to solve to me it's a it's a problem solving thing yeah the the problem is 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 i see how he uses his knives i also see the wear and tear that that got put on one knife over the course of a year on an expedition and i saw the parts of of the sheath that didn't work and i saw the parts of the knife that didn't work and the things that he showed me that he wishes were better okay mm-hmm. so to me it's it's an interesting intellectual exercise to try to solve those problems and then put the product out there and see if what I thought would work actually worked. That's it. It's it's not like I'm going to try to sell these and compete with people. You know, oh, it's it's I, more I'm an just, intellectual just, thing for me to say um the, these are the problems that I see. How how can we know, you know, look at look at the knife and solve the particular things that he had problems with over the course of a year. So it's mm-hmm. it's a knife that I'm making for him, not for the general dude walking around. The the picture know. that I saw too looks remarkably similar to a uh, Spyderco makes a fixed blade like that. Hey, don't rub on that door. Hmm. Um, Spyderco makes a fi- fixed blade by Fred Perrin that looks real similar to that Fred knife. Fred Perrin. I'll have to mm-hmm. see that. And I think if you, I don't know if they still sell it, but I know they made it for a long time. Let me look. No, it's totally different. I'm looking at it right now. Totally different from what I would do. But it's not bad. That's a good looking knife. Um, that that one that one big fixed blade looks similar to I'm the looking one you at it. showed me. Yeah, there's differences though. Um, well, yeah, and but there's I mean, gonna, it, that also looks similar to any of the knives that Mike puts out. Your point mm-hmm. being, yeah. So you can take any of the knives that Mike puts out that are that I consider to be absolute functional works well, of art that well, are beautiful, and you can compare them to other knives and say, well, Mike, your knife your knife design is bad because someone else designed something similar. No, no. What what we're saying is nothing's been done. We've been having cutting tools designed for ten million years, ten thousand years from this from the Stone Age. Right. There's nothing that's that's new. Right. So so what you try to do is you try to adapt the the designs maybe with a little bit more comfortable handle, maybe with a little bit different edge geometry and you know, with a couple different features on there designed for the specific person and then see if that um, if that's an improvement, if that's the improvement that you thought it would be, or if you missed the mark, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I would say. You know, it's interesting because you know you look at machetes, and a lot of the machetes that you see have big flat scaled handles. But if you go to South America, they're not flat scaled. No, they're handles. Um, they're these. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So these are. Um, so what Mike is talking about is some of the Tramontinas that you can buy in the United States have wooden um, flat um, flat scale handles on them. And then if you go into the actual 
countries, they have very ergonomically shaped, um, I guess you'd call this, what is this, like a nylon or some sort of a Z- nylon I think handle. it's Zytel. Zytel. Um, yeah. Or maybe so it's they, just injection molded plastic, who knows? Right, yeah, who knows, but um, the ones that are actually used in country have comfortable handles on them. Yeah. And, you know, so. I mean, even you look in the Philippines, you see a lot of the round handle knives there and the parangs and... Yeah, like they, this one. Yeah, they all have they all have rounded handles. But you yeah. know what's interesting? I had a um, a Martindale. Um, I've got a Martindale. Uh, what the hell is that? It's not called a machete. What the hell is that called? A uh, Golock Martindale Golock. Okay. And when I got that, I was like, "Oh, this this got a terrible handle on it because it was it was basically two squares of wood." Yeah. And so, and I don't know if you did you see that. That no. Martindale that, that I have, that Martindale Golock that I have, it is nice. So. It is really nice because what I did was I took it up and I put a couple uh, um, pieces of I might have been maybe I used the handles that were on it. I guess I used the handles that were on it, and we just rounded them and we made them similar to something that Mike would put out on on a Bark River knife, and then I and then I convexed the whole blade mm-hmm. and. Uh, or convex the edge, you know, made it made it a uh, a pretty sturdy convex edge. So you can, and it's a chopping fool. But doesn't isn't Martindale one of the biggest manufacturers and makers of knives in the world? Probably. So then, why do you think you can do it better? <laughs> That's the argument that you just made no, with me. It was it was because I because I don't like the flat scales, and that was right. That's the point. That's what I'm saying. There are things about about this Pathfinder knife that he doesn't like, and that I don't like, and I'm just gonna I'm trying to correct those issues mm-hmm. for one guy, not for you know um, whoever. You know, that's that's the argument, and you do it because you enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't need the money from a freaking the most you're going to be able to sell this for is 150 bucks. Do I need right. 150 dollars from something that takes me six hours to make? <laughs> it's it's a freaking it's a it's an it's an intellectual thing. You know, it's the same reason you took your Martindale machete and made it to your and I guarantee you whatever you did is a thousand freaking times better yeah. than the knife and that I, came and from I, the factory. And I don't know why they I don't know why they do that. Maybe it's because it's. Uh, it's easier for them not to finish the handles. I mean, have yeah, you, I don't you've know. seen those Martindales before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. They they uh, they're just flat scales. I mean, they're they're really kind of a silly. Uh, yeah, the Tramontinas come that way too. But you know, it's it's a uh, and then you you change the edge to a convex, which you know. So these are all things that, in your experience, make the knife perform better for you. You know, right. and I would absolutely trust your experience doing that. You know, um, so I would I would actually buy a modified Martindale from you because I know you know what you're doing, <laughs> right? So well, <laughs> it's it's a uh, I just basically rounded the edges on it though, but it but it is kind of funny that they um, that they do that. You know that they. That they will sell a knife that's like that, and I suppose if you're not using it a ton, it probably wouldn't bother you. Mm-hmm. But but if you do use it quite a bit, yeah. that's why I'm not a big. That's why I'm not a big fan of the of the 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 bird's beak on the Becker big Becker knives. Oh, I, the I clip, don't like the clipper. No, the no the the back of it, the back of the oh, yeah, the back yeah, of the yeah, handle, the, the back of yeah. the handle. 
Um, you know, and, and if you notice handle. that his new handles aren't like that. You mean, um, well, this is the 16. You mean the bird's beak because it comes to a point, right? No, 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 no. The bird's beak on the, like the BK-19. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On the, yeah, on where the it, it, what, what Jim is talking about is on the bottom of the handle, um, the... There's a part that rubs on the, on the meat yeah, of your there's palm. Yeah, there's a, it'll, it goes back so that it catches your pinky on it. Yep. Yeah, I don't like that either. Yep, but um, the, the BK-16 obviously doesn't have that, but the BK-2 right. does and the Yeah, a lot, BK9 of, the, a lot of his a lot older of his, designs do. Yeah, and he, he showed designs. me the machete that he got that handle off of. <laughs> yeah. It's like a... Um, the it gosh, I want to say it's like the medical corps machete from World War II or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, I think he's he's gotten away from that again because of prolonged use. He's improved. Yeah, that's that. it. That's if you if you're using it for for like chopping through. Like I I use my Martindale and I use my Golock as I'm driving my Jeep or my or my Prowler through the woods. Yeah, and I'll and I like from the driver's seat will cut brush that's hanging over the over the roadway. That's if it's smacking on my windshield or something, I'll slow down and I'll grab it and and slash yeah. it. So it's so I so I actually use it quite a bit for that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, it just cut stuff that hangs onto the you know hangs over the edge of the of the walkway, so you're getting slapped in the face. Yeah. When I bet I bet you too that the convex that you put on there performs like. A, a butt ton better than the factory edge would. Right, and because the, the factory yeah. edge edge was real similar to a, um, uh, kind. I mean, I don't want to call it a scanty grind, but it was kind of like that. You know, it was mm -hmm. it had it was a big bevel. Yeah. And I and uh, but the but I was more concerned about the handle than the cut. The cut seemed to be okay, but but the handle was really uncomfortable. Uh huh. And then when I fixed it, it was it was all better. I'd like to try one of the. Um, I would love to try one of the uh, one of the condor parangs doing that. Oh yeah, actually, um, Joe has uh, one. I don't know the model of it, but Joe showed me one at PWYP a couple of years ago that was just awesome. It was a great uh, great chopper. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think if you, if you improved the edge a bit from their factory edge, I think it'd be a lot better if you mm -hmm. did a real nice, um, full convex on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I can, I can see using, uh, um, using that, you know, the other thing, you know, you've got a Spence, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I was talking to the guy at the. Eka knife company out okay. of Sweden. I think it's uh -huh. Sweden. They make it's I it's either it's either Eka or EKA. They make a cat knife and they make um they make a bunch of different knives that are pretty cool actually. Um they do a they do a nice job. And they um if you if you wonder what the uh what the website is would be www.ekaknivar.se. So it's a Swedish knife company. It's one of the oldest Swedish knife companies. They use Sandovic steel and a lot of their stuff. And they made a, 
instead of a spend saw, they made a, another saw that was similar to the spend saw, only it had a, it, it had multiple blades in the handle part of it. So you could have a meat cutting, a metal cutting, and a, and a uh, wood cutting blade, I think, were the okay. three choices. And uh, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for a picture of it right now. But it was it was there it is right there. It's called a combi saw. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Viking. Yeah. But what was cool about? I mean, it folded up real. I mean, it was real similar. It was actually a little bit easier to deal with because it had a snap handle on it. Yeah, I see. You know, it. on the spin saw, you got to kind of you got you know if you're if it's real cold and you want to cut something in a hurry, you're not. You got to put it together. And you got to put it together, and you got to wing nut and and uh, and and it's and I, and I like mine. Yeah. I like this one better. Well, this one looks like um, the Saw Viver, is what I would say. A Saw Viver, what's that? Um, it's a saw that looks almost identical to that. <laughs> probably is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably ripped it off. But um, well, I think this company's been making this saw for a long time. The Trailblazer, huh? The Saw Viver, yeah. Oh yeah, similar. Okay. Yeah, it's the same sort of idea. I have one of those yeah. too, but I like the um, um, I like the the other one better. Well, see this guy. This guy. What's really cool is the the one end. The blades are all mounted, mm -hmm. and then you you flip that orange handle up, mm -hmm. and it unlocks it. You put the you put the blade in on the pin. You pull it back down as a handle, and it's done. Mm -hmm. And when you're when you're putting it all away, mm -hmm. it it folds into the handle. Yeah, I see that. That's cool. And so it's not. I mean, it may be a little bit bigger than the Sven saw, but it isn't. It's not. It's not that much bigger. Well, they make a 17 inch one that's um, that's shorter. That does yeah. look nice. Oh, it's and a, then it's, I see the tensioner has got to be the plastic uh, hand guard there. It's it's. I think it's aluminum. I don't think it's plastic. I think it's aluminum. Yeah. Well, it says plastic on the website, yeah, but the, the frame is aluminum. Then. The it handle, I think, is just the the handle is what I'm talking about is the the, the orange part, part. That yeah, that snaps. Yeah, it. Yeah, they're saying that that's plastic, but then the frame is all aluminum. Now, that looks good. That's probably the tensioner then too. Yes. Yeah, the handle is the tensioner. And okay, snapped, and then I and see. Yeah, and then that would fold down into the frame and then you just flip the deal over and it's you're good to go yep man that is slick isn't that nice yeah I, I was very impressed by that that was one of the things that and and this it was kind of funny because they said that uh you know they never really brought that over to this country they never thought anybody would want that i was mm. like really i yeah, said that's those nice are, those are pretty those would be pretty popular here yeah, because it's got one less moving part than the saw viver. Well, the other thing is it's all captured too. There's mm -hmm. no loose parts. Yeah, and the, you don't lose that little screw on the um, Sven saw. Yeah, the, you're there's totally no screwed. possibility you, of losing that wing nut. You lose a wing nut on that, you're you're screwed. You're not doing. You're not using that. Yeah, you're done. And it's the same thing with the saw viver. There's a nut on there too that if you lose it, you're done. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's clever. I like it. Yeah. So they had they had some nice stuff. They they yeah. they have some very uh uh very very thoughtful equipment that was mm -hmm. uh that I liked 
Um, I visited with them for a little bit. Did you see Mike's uh, re-releasing the Hudson Bay Camp Knife? Oh, yeah. You'd make a bigger, one, a, a bigger, bigger version. Yeah. A big, actually, it'd be the, the version that was, I think it's probably the version that was actually originally released. I think it's more of a copy of it. Um, that knife is interesting as hell. It really was kind of like the first camp knife. I don't think there was anything ever done yeah. earlier than that that was truly made for a camp knife. Yep. Why well, I, um, I I asked Mike about that, and he said that um, it was commissioned as a it was the first use of the the term uh, camp knife, and it predates yeah. the Bowie by a hundred years, and it wasn't supposed to be a fighting knife. It was um, commissioned for basically a camp knife, so that you can take and joint, you know, big sections of meat and cut them, and then also for um, firewood prep believe it or not well you know what's what's interesting about that when you think about those guys that were coming to this country from europe at that time they were coming across and seeing elk for the first time and bison <laughs> and bison well elk elk in michigan they, they, we had elk oh, wow. here and and uh and then bison is in wisconsin yeah and so these guys are looking at knives that going yeah, dude, man, we're gonna need a bigger knife for this shit. Yeah, because you know, the deer in England are tiny. Yeah, so so you had a you had a um, you had a guy that had a real thin bladed little knife, coming here looking at. A, I mean, I don't know if you, I mean, you you've seen him before, but if you ever see a side of beef, a side of buffalo, or it's even massive. just even just an elk carcass. Yeah, it's we're talking yeah. we're talking twelve hundred, thirteen hundred pound critters. Totally different scale. <laughs> okay, and if you try to quarter one of those out with a freaking Scandi knife, you're gonna be there for months. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you know you got you got bone. I mean, and then the thing is, is like after you kill something big like that to get it back to camp or whatever, it's not like with a deer where you just drag it or right. whatever or put <laughs> it gotta, on a on a pole. It's gotta be like manageable because we're talking boys. We didn't have horses then. Yeah, <laughs> these boys were in a canoe. Yeah, well, and then it, or backpacking it out, so you're gonna yeah. have to quarter it, and you're gonna have to be able to quarter it in the field. Yeah, you know, so you, and it, it, Dude, I mean, you can't to carry, joint those things. I'm gonna is tell a pain. you, you got to be a badass mother to quarter a buffalo and fucking carry it on a backpack. Yeah, that's not. Gonna, <laughs> I mean, because it's a thousand pound, it's a thousand pounds of meat. So a quarter of that, it'd be like like 250 pounds. Dude, I couldn't carry that in a million years. <laughs> That'd be like putting you and Mike on my back and trying to carry you guys. Fuck that. So, so, so I, so I could just see the the first written letters going back to the back to England. You know, it's like it's like um, when when in Jaws when Brody's in the back of the boat chumming that shit. Hey, you got to come back here and chum some of this shit. And then yeah. he turns and he looks and Jaws is right there coming out of the water at him and he stands up and he goes. You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> I can just see the letters going back to England going, or to the, you know, the, to the Hudson Bay Company. Hey, uh, we're going to need bigger knives here. These, these things are a lot bigger than anything we've ever seen before. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a totally, it's like trying to, even our, in, in Iowa, our white-tailed deer are way bigger than the deer in like frickin' England. Yeah. You know, yep. so like I can't imagine the first time they saw deer in England is like a rabbit to us. Yeah. Or a small dog. Yeah. You like, know, Florida, like, like Florida deer. 
Yeah, they're tiny. They're, they're like little teeny tiny. They're like antelope sized, you know. Yeah. So I like man, that's a good thought you had about the yeah. seeing so an elk for the first time, dude. <laughs> dude, going, what the hell is that? Yeah, you know, look, and then trying to trying to deal with it and manage it. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they're. You know, you even talk about cutting steaks off of a of a of a rear quarter like that. I mean, you you need a serious knife for that. Yeah, I mean the the round the round on a on a on a big buffalo is you're you're talking you know put your hands together so yep. for folks at home can visualize this make a ring and put the the tips of your fingers together that's how big around that leg is going to be you're going to cut through that with a 4 inch blade <laughs> yeah <laughs> like but it's going to take you an hour and it's yeah. going to be like all like chopped up and yeah, shredded. Yeah, so, so that was some of the stuff that they were talking about that they needed they needed to use. So that's what that knife was originally for. Yeah, that um, was cool. And it was it was pretty successful at it. You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. think about it. Well, it's still around. It's still a pattern that people are buying today. Yep. yep. I know when he gets it done, I'm buying one. Oh yeah, they're cool. The, yeah, I that's a, badass. I think I have. Now you know what? I didn't think about it. Maybe I don't have one of those. Well, you know. I bet you, you can I don't buy, have one of those a little can, ver, the little version of because he the first one he came out with was a small was smaller yeah and it was a scaled down version now there's actually one in the museum in Wisconsin in the back room somewhere in Milwaukee I guess there's a yeah. there's a there's a pretty good display or there's a pretty good drawer full of artifacts from that time period and um, uh, there's been there's a couple of them in there yeah but, well I'm, I'm sure Mike is using a little bit thicker. Steel stock and and the fit and finish is going to be pretty freaking amazing on what yeah, Mike it'll, does. It'll, be, versus it'll the definitely artifact, be better but, than than the original one. But but you yeah. know what? I think they were uh, they originally were pretty thick because they were huh. because they were they they kind of wanted a cleaver with a point on it is yeah. what they were is is what they were really kind of after um, was was a cleaver with a point on it. Huh. You know, because you think about it, a cleaver. You could use. I mean, I've got a big. I've got a couple of pretty good sized cleavers, and those would be handy, except for the fact that you couldn't start processing an animal with it. It'd be you have to almost have a skinned out animal with yeah, it ready. Yeah, it's for bones. Yeah, and then yeah. to try to go through the round or whatever on uh, on one of those, you're going to need a little longer blade. Like yep. uh, I've got my my brother in law's. Um, he's been a butcher off and on. He's currently a butcher now, but he gave me some of the knives that they actually use for like whole animal butchery and they're mm-hmm. just they're huge mm-hmm. i mean they're just so super long blades and it's so you can get through all of that muscle without burying Make your it, tip and all those other right, things right well making making funny marks in in the meat right yeah i yep. mean because you you screw up like you know some big huge round of like prime meat or whatever and you, you know you're going to be yep. in a little hot water over that yeah yeah well you saw that big henkel's slight butcher knife that i've got yeah i mean that's what that is it's got like a that's probably got an 18 inch or 20 inch blade on it uh-huh you know and it's just strictly for slicing meat like that uh-huh yeah and that's so i can see i guess i didn't i mike didn't tell me about um the additional background but that's good good info yeah yeah interesting so not to change the subject but did you hear what happened today what they actually did uh, some indictments for the Lufthansa. Oh, you Justin Bieber? No, 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 no. 
The Lufthansa heist. Yeah, from, I heard about from that. The, from the uh, from early, uh, well, I guess it was the late 60s, 69 or 78. 78. No, 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 not 78. 68. Uh, okay. 68 or 69. Google that shit. Google that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, December 11th, 1978. Really? Um, it's, it's what um, Goodfellas was based on. Yeah, it was... Uh, Lufthansa heist was a robbery robbery at JFK on December 11th, 1978. Um, Dude, I think that's, I thought it was 68. I thought so too, but then I heard on the radio today that it was um I mean, I'm seeing 78. 78 on all of these. I wonder if that's a typo. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, that's, that's where, um, so, you know, uh, Hank Hill, uh, the the guy that the, all that stuff really apparently happened, <laughs> but he must not have uh, he must not have uh, turned over the other guy because they they arrested well the other guy the 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 Jimmy character apparently he died well and actually yeah um, Hank Hill is dead too yeah the guy that they yeah. the guy that they arrested was saying that he was not one of the original planners he was part of it but he was not one of the guys that planned it yeah. I found that kind of interesting. I, I'm not. Yeah, they're still making my... arrests and that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Well, and of course, you know, Justin Bieber for our younger audience got arrested. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, that'll straighten him out a little bit. Um, eh, I doubt it. You think? You think it will? I, I don't, don't know. Think it will. In firearms news, uh, Smith & Wesson uh, is joining Ruger, and they're not going to sell guns to California anymore. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. Yeah, well, it's because, it's because California, basically, you know, your firing pin on your gun. Yeah. They're wanting, they're wanting gun manufacturers, if they want to sell guns in California, to basically make a fingerprint on the firing pin. So that the ejected shell casings can only have come from one gun, and then they oh, want to have a registry of um, of the different firing pin fingerprints. So you know they, and Smith you know they, and Wesson are leaving. Yeah, I don't blame them. You know they yeah. uh, they did the same thing with uh, knives that could defeat a it wasn't metal a detector, metal detector. It? it was a magnetic. Detection. Oh, magnetometer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the because the mission knives can de- can defeat a magnetometer. Those are titanium, right? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And so here's a company that's still there, and they just put magnetic uh, little magnets in the handles. And so if they're if they're sold in the state of California, they had a little magnet that they put in the handle. If they were sold outside the state, they didn't have a little magnet. Yeah, because well. As I understand it, those are like dive knives. That's yeah. why you want it non-magnetic, so that you know if you're actually doing diving and you're trying to clear mines and such, that you don't get blowed up from. Yep, from a magnet. From a yeah. Yeah, but that's just stupid. But but anyway, the um, yeah. So apparently, uh, that's you know, funny. Well, that's yeah, good. that's a you know, that's fuck a them. I don't story you know, it's on, like they're uh, saying that they're all. Today. All the all the greenies are are getting nuked now because of Fukushima. Yeah, well, the whole West Coast now is all getting radioactive. And then it's going to fall in the sea. Yeah, when the earthquake happens. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. So at least, at least if they, uh, maybe they won't be able to, you can cut this part out. Okay. Well, I'm not going to, I'm going to cut that out. Um, <laughs> there, there's actually people, um, we should say that there's going to be some, a fair amount of this content cut out. <laughs> uh, uh, and but I'm not going to go to the trouble of bleeping every swear word. <laughs> he, he, can bleep the, he can bleep the, the fuck word. Yeah, but but I'm not going to bother with um, you know uh, other stuff so much. Um, and uh, for you know, there's uh, some good meat and potatoes for you to chew on. Um, some some theoretical things to think about. Um, and uh, another thing you should think about is uh, um, who should be designing knives and who shouldn't. <laughs> Apparently, I'm in the shouldn't camp. No, no, no. What <laughs> says, what, says one of the top guys in the knife industry is telling one me of the not things, to fucking design said, knives. You're, miss, you're missing what I said. <laughs> what I said was just because, just because you've done something doesn't make you a knife designer. Absolutely and, that's, and, that's and the whole, totally and that's the agree. Whole point. Um, I, I absolutely agree with that. If and like I said earlier, and I don't know if you're going to cut that out earlier. It's like just because you used a computer to do your for your to make your living for the past forty years doesn't make you a programmer. No, but I think I think that that the programmers are going to rely on the guy who uses the the thing to to design their software around the way that he uses it. No, what happens is, is the <laughs> pro, the programmer explains what he can do. Yeah, and the user figures out if he wants to use it or not. Right, but they That's also it. rely on they also rely on feedback from their users. It's it's like you know MS DOS turned into Windows because it was easier to use, and people no. liked Windows better than MS DOS. No, MS DOS turned into Windows because Bill Gates. Ripped off like Xerox. the Apple, <laughs> he ripped off Apple dots. <laughs> well, anyway, we're just chasing down the rabbit hole now. I want to I want to talk about one other uh, um, knife that I saw uh, today, actually, that kind of tripped my trigger. And we've kind of been we've kind of talked about these off and on, um, but I saw one today that just absolutely tripped my trigger, and it's the uh, Martin knives. MCE2. And uh, again, if, if people want to goo-goo that shit, they'll see, exa- <laughs> they'll see exactly why it is that that trips my trigger. It's it, To me, it looks a lot like the um, Jimmy Lyle knife. Yeah, I think it's actually, I think it's an exact, I think it's an exact copy of, of that. It's, I don't think anyway, there's a lot of difference it, to it. It, it. it absolutely trips my trigger. Um. Uh, but uh, and then uh, they're they're doing a um, this is kind of an interesting one. The other interesting one I'm seeing on their page is they're doing a Tom Brown with a hollow handle. Have you seen that one? I have not seen that. Yeah, if you go into their um, into their uh, outdoor knives and then the hollow handle knives section on the bottom, um, they have a uh, Tom Brown with a hollow handle on it. Uh, and I think Chance said he has one of those. Um, I haven't seen it, um, and I can't 
I can't click on it. When you click on it, it doesn't bring you to anything, so I can't get any details on it, but I do see the picture there. I'm just seeing the two of them that are sold. Oh, well, maybe it's a browser issue for me, but I don't. I think it was either Chance or it was somebody else was telling me they have that that hollow handle Martin knife, the Tom Brown one. And then there's another guy on my uh, Facebook, uh, Brian Jones. I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the MCE two, and just is like geeking out over it. Just loves it. Yeah, that's a that's that's a is I mean that just looks like a Jimmy Lyle knife. It's well. It's got. It's got all. Well, the, probably the reason I like it is it's got the Jimmy Lyle lines. Yeah, you know and that's the, what I'm talking about. It looks well, like it could be then, the Rambo one knife. Well, and then the other thing is, is like if you want to know what I copied to make this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did I copy? Okay, I didn't copy Spider Co. I copied my. I copied the. Uh, the Jimmy Lyle. How how the um the clip goes. Oh. The clip goes quiet, way back. Quiet. UPS is here. Oh, Macy. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, those yeah. are nice knives. I, I, yeah, have, I like, I had the, the Boker apparel. Uh huh. And I, and I, or however you pronounce that. Or, yeah. Um, and I like it quite a bit. Boomer. Boomer. It's okay. It's okay. He brought, he brought me something. It's okay. Well, I don't the, like it when my older guy gets upset. One of the, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, He's not very mouthy, that one. Uh-uh. No, usually when he makes a stink, there's usually something going on. Well, so so the aesthetic thing that's appealing to me on the Lyle knife and also on these knives is if you look at that clip, look at how far back the blade that goes. It's like halfway oh, yeah. halfway yeah, yeah. Bl- back the blade, and that's yep. that's what I like. Yep. I just love the way that that looks, that, that particular line. The rest of it, you know, I can take or leave. Um, See, I'm not even seeing that. I'm not even seeing that uh, a picture of his, uh, that knife in the in the hollow handle pictures. You mean the Tom Brown? Yeah, it's it's there. Well, unless he just yeah, it's I'm it's showing up for me. It's on the hollow handle knives page. Yeah. So you go to let, let me retrace my steps here. Go to home, and then uh, to. Um, where the heck? Now it looks different. <laughs> well, it must have changed from this morning or whatever when I had that up. Well, how, did that you is find, how did you find that leak? That link? Well, I on the on the original page there was a thing that said um, there was a thing that said uh, well. Well, this is freaking weird. Yeah, it's on the one that that you're looking at. I don't see it. Let me. Well, I don't know what happened. I just lost that link. Let me let me give you the. So you probably shouldn't be designing programs. Right. Well, here it is. <laughs> Go to um, W. <laughs> Dude, you're killing me. <laughs> so um, go to www.martinknives.com. Okay forward slash hollow handle knives all caps dot html 
Oh, see, that's a completely different. I know, and I can't get to that from the home page anymore. So if you look at the bottom right, there's yep, that. I see that. Yeah. Yep. But you I can't, there's no way to order it. Now, I think they only made a handful of those. I don't think they made. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, now, see, this has got a knife gallery in it, too. Okay. See, he's got a rect retro tactical gallery. Oh, it's hard to. Hmm. It's hard to con it's hard to get there. The the controls aren't right. Yeah, it's not pointing in the right spot or whatever. There's your knife gallery. Hmm. Hmm. Difficult. Well, uh, anyway, um, available folding knives. They got some pretty cool looking folding knives here too. I'm gonna look real quick. Um. Frontier. I don't see the the folding ones. No, I'm on that. Martin knives available folding knives HTML. So I'll bet you we're on like the we're on like <laughs> a, a, a spot of his server that he thought was probably got. Excuse me. Gone and then it's still up. Yeah. So we hacked their site. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyway, I was <laughs> I was thinking about what I'd put in that hollow handle. And I came up with the answer. Vaseline. Um, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to put a thumb drive with my passport and other identifying documents on it, copies of it. Pray tell, have you lost your passport in the past? Why, yes, counselor, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you how much easier it would have been if I just had a thumb drive with copies of it on there. But you know what? Listen, I... Uh... <laughs> Whenever, whenever I travel, I don't even rely on thumb drives. I would, I would take a piece of, uh, I, and I make full color copies of my yeah. stuff. Yeah. All of my identification. Yeah. And I would roll it up and I would put it in there. Yeah. Well, and that's, then, and then in case you needed to start a fire with it, you could. Well, and then, but, but so, so here's what I do. I have five copies <laughs> everywhere yeah. and a well, thumb drive and that's yeah and that's what and, I, that's basically and i've got five different email addresses with all of that stuff sitting in yeah. the inbox yeah so and that's, it, it and pretty that's much I, yeah that's what i would that's what I, I mean i mean the copies you know several different several different copies in several different spots is, yeah. is real typical for what we do yeah. Um and 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 our uh, uh paperwork that any kind of paperwork that we yep. need to have to be in wherever your, we're at uh, your blood shit and all that uh huh um uh -huh. I still have mine from the Philippines yeah yeah it's pretty badass but um Wait. but but hang again on. hang on you know, a second hang on okay. a second hang, hold hold it hold, hold one second actually you know what I got to grab that thing that's outside oh, okay whatever it is I was I was going through some paperwork. Before I went to the shot show, mm -hmm. and I this was one of the things I carried documents in this thing that goes around my neck. Yeah, and uh, have one of these. Did you ever see one of these? Uh, no. That's your military stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Letter of authorization. Yeah, you showed me that once. But I says don't have what, one says of those. says <laughs> what I can says what I can and cannot do. Then I had uh, 
Then I ran across all the phone numbers for uh, VSCC North contact sheet from SIFSOC. I okay. worked with them. And then I ran across my... One of my copies of my okay. passport. Yeah. Well, you know, and so and so that's that's what you do. I yeah. Mean, you 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 make copies and you put it all over the place. Yeah. Well, and then well, I usually do that, but this one particular trip, I was in a hurry. Um, I had it in my email, but then you know you're in the middle of freaking yep. nowhere, and you don't even have any finding an internet. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? How are you going to print it? You know, and and in order to get back on a plane to get out of there, and the the only way out of there is you can. There's two ways out of there. You can get on a plane, or you can get on the Amazon River and take the Amazon River to Brazil. But to get, uh, enter Brazil, you're still going to have to have a passport. So you have to be able to get on a plane. My right. My my latest foray with stupidity. So a month ago, or so. I seem to have misplaced my driver's license. I had, I just registered a subur- an old Suburban. I had, I bought my dad's Suburban after he passed away, and um, I just used it around the yard to plow stuff, and, and I had not even transferred the title or anything. Hadn't put license plates on it or nothing. Uh-huh. And so I went down uh, uh, about a month ago, I think. I went down to get um, – I'm, I'm, I don't remember why I, I did it. Anyways, I, I – Transfer the title, and I um, uh, was in the in the Secretary of State's office, and I registered, put plates on it and stuff, and and I thought, you know, they require your driver's license to to do start all that stuff. So I gave her my driver's license, and for some reason, I thought that I did not have it. <laughs> so. And I went back to the Secretary of State's office, and I totally lost it. I have no idea what they'll happen to it. Yet last night, and, and I went to the shot show and I had my other credentials so I could get on the planes and stuff. And, I went, and you know, because you know, you cannot get on a plane with an expired driver's license. That's the that's the other that. kicker. You can't yeah. if you have an expired driver's license, you can't get on a plane. I was out of the country and my my driver's license expired, and Ooh. I got I flew back into uh, where the hell was I? I flew back into Florida and then I was taking or no no I flew back into North Carolina. And I was going to take a civilian flight. No, that wasn't it either. It was Atlanta. It was in Atlanta that I couldn't fly out. So it must have been I flew into Benning and then flew and then uh, got a car up to uh, uh, Atlanta and took a civilian flight home. And I, hmm. I couldn't get on a well. They told me I couldn't get on a plane with my driver's license. You had to have your passport. Yeah, and I had, yeah. so I had my other stuff so I could get on the plane. But it was the first time that I ever encountered that where I. Where I could not get on a, you know, I was like, they they said that you could not get on a plane with an expired driver's license. I was like, why? Because hmm. it's not valid. I was like, I understand that, but it's me. You can see the picture. You can see that it's <laughs> you know, my birthday. You can see all my shit on there. You know it's me. You know, what difference does it make if it's got, if I can drive or not? All I'm trying yeah. to do is use this as identification. Now it's expired. doesn't count. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so... So I so somewhere I misplaced my driver's license within the last month, and last night I was depositing some money in my bank account, and it was like three minutes after five that I wheeled up to the drive-through, and the lady at the drive-through said, uh, 
we're closed, but you know what I have? Your driver's driver's license. Yeah, my driver's license. I was like, what the hell? Are you a stalker or something? Why why didn't you just mail it back to me? (laughs) I didn't say that. I said, oh, you're wonderful. I'm going to buy you chocolates. But (laughs) but still, in my head, I'm thinking, God, why didn't she? She could have just mailed that back to me, and I wouldn't have been. I had been pulling my hair out for for a month trying to figure out what the hell I did with that damn and I don't, and I normally don't go to that branch too. That was what was kind of weird. Yeah, why didn't they mail it back? That's yeah, bizarre. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have the right mailing address or something on the driver's mm-hmm. license. Who knows? Like, holy crap! Yeah. So, anyways, that was my foray with with stupidity for the past couple weeks. Well, happened and, last and, night. And, and for our listeners at home, if you need any more proof that I'm not an expert <laughs> and that yeah. I am a, a sometimes a complete fuck up. All you need to know is that I lost my passport in a third world country in the middle of nowhere where the only way in and out is on a plane. So um, that right there tells you um, I really am an average guy from Iowa. (laughs) I'm not, you know, I'm not Superman. I'm going to start calling you Radar (laughs) O'Reilly. I am not Superman. Do you have a a a little teddy bear? Teddy bear? No, I don't. My daughters do. Yeah? Yeah. How far are you from Otomwa? Not very far at all. <laughs> you need one of those little Jeep caps so you can look just like you'd look just like. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. The the, the thing that gets me is um, we all do. You know what? We all do stupid stuff. Yeah, I know. That's but how like, we learn. I mean, but, it's but not for, that big a deal. But, I don't. But, I, I know people do stupid stuff all the time. Yeah, and, and and you know what? You you learn from it. You don't do it twice. Oh, oh, believe the people, me. The people that the people that that crack me up are the people that continually do the stupid stuff, the same stupid stuff over and over again, thinking that they're going to get different results. Yeah, those are the people I get a kick out of. Okay, one of the other things I got at the at the um, at the shot show was the. Was, do you know that Columbia River Knife and Tool has tomahawks? I did not know that. Yes. They said they gave me this little cute little um black titanium coated Oh, that's cool. It's like a little splinter pole. It's like boy, a leaf almost. Who's who's yeah, the designer? Well, who do you think? Ken Onion. Well, that's why I liked it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I like this stuff. It's a wonderful little frame lock folder called an Eros SS. Man, very that's... like a like a little gentleman folder. It's very stabby though. Very sharp, very splinter removal. Yeah. Very much a splinter removal tool with a nice, very sturdy frame lock. I don't know what they call I mean, I don't know what the retail on this would be, but boy, what a great little knife. Mm-hmm. That's what cool. What a great little knife. It's not it's not left handed though. And you that's can't even right. change you can't even change the you can't <laughs> even change the um uh, clip to the other side, but you know what? When you close the blade, it does not. It does not go through the lanyard hole. <laughs> so there's a lanyard hole on this knife, and it uh, the when you close the blade, that the blade doesn't go halfway through the lanyard hole.
So now I'm having hard drive issues. <laughs> My, so what we were talking about, I don't know how much we missed, is um, we're going to give all of our flipping friends uh, some really fun audio here for you. So, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we're, not making, we're not making fun of anybody, are we? No. <laughs> we're, just, we're just getting all of the flipping out of our system. <laughs> yeah. So well, when, I don't want to cut myself. When are you going on? Uh, did, I ever, did I ever tell you about my cut? My my. my um, <laughs> I was getting ready to go out on the road. Um, one of my nights to work, and my partner was picking me up at my house, and I was on the phone, and I had just gotten a a griptilian with a uh, with a serrated blade, and I was talking to somebody else on the phone. I had the phone like on my on my ear and uh i was flipping this open and closed and i was i was talking on the phone i wasn't paying attention to flipping the knife and i was flipping and closing it was, it's a right-handed knife so i'm closing it the opposite hand so i closed the blade and took the tip of my little fin- my middle finger off oh my god literally like you were cutting the top of an egg a, a hard-boiled egg i opened the blade back up and i saw like the top of my finger <laughs> On the, in the blade channel, <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, I gotta go, and I, and, I, and I closed my closed my phone, and I was like, and I'm and and just as I closed the phone, it started bleeding. Oh man! And it, it took like um, you know, it didn't bleed right away, but it's but when it started, it was like, yeah. like gush. You're so I'm thinking, I'm I'm like, and I'm in uniform, so I don't want to get blood on my shit, you know? Yeah. So. Back then, we had an electric stove. So I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm trying. And I put it under cold water, you know, and it's hurting. I mean, that was like, it's like raw nerves right out here. <laughs> your fingertips must have a tremendous amount of nerves right in the Yeah, there's only right one, the, one other part of your body that has that many nerve endings. Yeah? yeah. I don't want to ask. Yeah, don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm literally going, I'm just about screaming, you know. How much pain? How much this hurts? Yeah, I'm not really screaming. I'm going my, I'm going you know mother, yeah. And how much this thing hurts? And I put it under water because I'm thinking you know that's what you're supposed to do, and that hurt. Yeah. And then um, so then I I grab some paper towel. I'm trying to slow the bleeding down a little bit, you know. So I'm I'm like, what would John Wayne do? Oh no. So I so I take a butter knife and I put it on the electric stove and no. I get that puppy cherry fucking red. No. I swear to God, and I took it and I went right on the right on it. I took the cherry red butter knife and I stuck it right on the tip of my finger. And let me tell you, boys and girls, I had tears in my eyes. I can't believe I you were, remained conscious. I was, I was, I could not believe how much that hurt. I, <laughs> I was like, I, I, I couldn't motherfuck enough. <laughs> I mean, I I was really going, son of a, you know, and I was moving my arms around going, you know, yeah. how much it hurt. And uh, so then it's it stopped it from bleeding immediately, stopped it from bleeding, cauterized the whole top of the thing. I mean, it, you know, when I say, I mean, like the top of my finger was gone. So oh I just God. burned the top of my finger right flat. So now I'm thinking even air blowing on it now is hurting. Yeah. Air blowing on the palm of my hand is hurting. Moving my hand around at all is hurt, and I got to go on the on the road. The only thing I'm the only thing that's a good thing is that it's not my trigger finger. 
<laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, how, what am I going to do now? I got 15 minutes. My ride's going to be here. I got to do something. So I took and I beefed it up a little bit with uh, super glue, poured super glue over the oh top my of God. it. Even, even the super glue is hurting. <laughs> you know, just the drops of super glue on there is going, ow. Every time a drop would hit it, ow. Oh, man. So then I, I was like, I got to cushion this with something. So I took some cotton and I put a cotton ball on the tip of my finger in the super glue. So that stayed in place oh my really well. God. So then after that, I took, um, I started duct taping. Oh. <laughs> and I duct taped it all. It, like, so I had a, like a, like a stick your finger in the, in the cherry pie thing and pull out a plum <laughs> on my middle finger. Oh my God. <laughs> so I had this knobby looking thing on the end of my finger made out of duct tape. And anytime the car door slammed, I screamed. Jeez. Anytime I, it, it hurt so bad. It wasn't even funny. And I and I kept that stupid thing on there for about a week before I even took it off and looked at it again. I was because I couldn't touch it. You have to take like, that off in the shower. Oh, it was it was it was brutal. That was that well, was probably some of the biggest pain I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and and I know women. It's not like having a baby. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to take anything mm. away from you guys having babies. Is the most pain there is in the world. But I'm going to tell you what. You ever get the tip of your finger through? So, uh, cut off like that. Don't hit it with a hot butter knife. Okay, I, John Wayne was much more of a badass than me. <laughs> okay, let me let me um, let me. I got two things to say uh, that'll lead to another topic. But um, the first one is if you have children listening or your wives listening, um, just turn this off. You they don't want to hear this. Okay, now if. So now that all the women and children are gone, um, I'm going to tell Jim something that he can say to his wife uh, that will just drive her absolutely crazy. Because every time I say this, it like drives my wife batty. Okay, there was a scientific study that came out like a couple years ago that it's actually fairly common for women to have orgasms during childbirth. Mm, nice. Tell her that and watch okay. she will she will go absolutely crazy. Absolutely nice. bonkers! Like she will come unglued. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, but uh, that's funny. I know, I know. That's that's the surest way to to, to like draw wrath. Like, so does that mean does that mean that it's the pain that caused it? I don't know. I I don't know. But there was a study that came out like, and it was like. I wonder how they did that. I don't know. Excuse me, ma'am. Are you coming right now? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, back to Get the... Get your fucking hands off me! <laughs> yeah. You son of a bitch! Yeah. Don't touch me. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, if you... So that's one... And you know what? My wife never really did that. She never transitioned. You know, her head never spun around or nothing. Yeah, mine didn't either. She had an epidural, but it was still painful. Oh, no, no. She never had anything. She just was breathing hard. Oh, my God. Yeah, she never, I mean, and I couldn't, you know, because I had heard all the stories about childbirth and how with my first one, I thought, you know, here we go. I'm, it'll never, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, just uh, y you hear the stories about people, they turn into like the, the possessed, devil possessed woman, you know, where yeah. they, they scream at you and they call everybody a motherfucker and they, they just words come out of their mouth like you've never heard before. Yeah. And and Kathy never really did. She I don't remember her, that ever happening to her, where she actually was like, get 
get the hell away from me. I'm going to kill you. Well, Kathy's a nice shit. woman, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, she is. Yeah, she she is. Is. she's way, she's she's way too nice for me. Nice. There's no... Uh, she's Yeah, she's way too nice for me. Well, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other thing I would say, um, and this gets back to um, our friend uh, with this knife. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's... Um, I'm not going to say his name, but there's a, a pretty famous guy... Um, who did a uh, wound cauterization on TV that was um, fairly controversial and for good reason. And now Jim really can tell that? you why. What's that? Did he Did he really do that? Yeah, he really it's, did I mean, it. That was what his plan was? I mean, it really was. You know, and I'm not saying that, 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 that you shouldn't have done that. I am saying you shouldn't have, that why? he shouldn't have in that situation. Um, because it, where it was... Um, on well, I didn't see where that was. I don't know the situation you're talking about. I'm talking about my situation. No, 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 you is different. You, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about this okay. one. Okay. So this guy is in the middle of the woods, and uh, he wanted to demonstrate how to deal with a um, deal with a bleeding wound on the arm. So he uh, had his, his friend take a knife and cut him intentionally in the woods, right? cut him on on the arm and when it was bleeding and stuff he took gunpowder and put it in there and lit it on fire as a demonstration awesome. of how to treat okay here here's the problem <laughs> not only now, now do you have a wound black powder now it wasn't black powder right i don't know what kind of powder it was but it was i saw it there's videos people can goo that shit but but anyway um the the problem is that um you're doing nothing. Um, in that situation, he could have held pressure, and there's no amount of bleeding that, on the human body that you can't stop if you can get pressure to it. Where you get into trouble is like groin wounds because those the iliac vessels go deep into your pelvis, and you, you, there's just no way to get pressure in there. Right. Um, but if you can if you can get pressure to it, you can stop bleeding anywhere. I've stopped right. bleeding from bullet holes in the aorta. I've stopped bleed, bleeding from bullet holes in the heart. Okay, mm-hmm. so you can stop bullet or you can stop bleeding with direct pressure. It was in a spot with direct pressure, and the only way that that would ever be applicable, even if you did it on a pelvic wound, there's no guarantee it's going to stop it. But instead, now what you've got, instead of just having a cut that's bleeding, you've got a cut that's bleeding that now with has dead tissue in it with a third degree burn in there. Um, bacteria absolutely love dead tissue to grow in, mm-hmm. you know, so now you're in the middle of the woods and you've got dead tissue sitting there on your arm. Okay. That, that's, that, that, it, bad. It, it baffles me to this day. Um, but it's anyway, that, bad. yeah, that was a couple of years ago, but well, listen, what I know with my case was I wasn't holding pressure on the tip of my finger. Yeah. There's no way yeah. anybody was going to touch that tip of my finger for any length of time. <laughs> yeah, it was hurting. Because <laughs> it was hurting pretty bad. Yeah. And it wasn't so much that I was worried about bleeding to death. No. I figured that eventually it would have stopped bleeding, but I was kind of in a spot where I had, you had to, go, to get it I, done quick. I had to leave. I had yep. to, you know, I had to get it. I mean, if I had, if, you know, if I would have thought about it, if I, I mean, this is back before, before I re- remember even seeing Quick Clot. Yeah. 
I pro- if I'd had Quick Clot, I probably would have done that. Quick Quick Clot but I, is but 2001. I, didn't, I don't even think it was available back then. Yeah, Quick Clot came around about 2001. Yeah, see, I think the Griptilian the was, well, no, I guess that might have been about the same time. But you probably didn't have any with you. No. Yeah. No, because I was at my house. But I mean, I have here. I've had, I have it here now. Yeah. But you know what? Um, it was it was kind of funny because. I mean, at the time, it wasn't funny. It hurt. I, and when I say it hurt, yeah, it did like, be unbelievable. It's, yeah, and and yeah. and the the when I hit it with that with that knife, it never really looked like it was burned tissue either. Did it, it stop just stopped the bleeding? It at just least? stopped. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It just stopped okay. the bleeding. And and uh, so then after after it stopped the bleeding, then I was just dealing with the pure pain. Unbelievably the bad. The throbbing. I mean, yeah. it was throbbing in my elbows. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be, well, like I said, there's only one other area that in your body that has that many nerve endings, and I, I don't need to tell you what that is. Like, yeah, that would be, I, like, the most painful thing you could imagine. But, and it was funny because I kept saying, I've, I've told that story several times, and and, uh, and and I always am amazed at how often you see that in the movies. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, look, we grew up in the movies. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not afraid to admit that. I mean, I remember as kids, you know, we'd come home from, We'd have, come home from school and and have a you know there'd be like the four o'clock movie would be on in in, in the winter time and we'd we'd watch the four o'clock movie and and I'm talking like third and fourth grade and you'd see some you know movie from the sixties that was on some some western from the sixties that was on or, right. or wagon train or the rifleman or gun something like that it was a gun smoke yeah and they were always doing they were always cauterizing blades or cauterizing oh. knife, uh, wounds, you know, they'd oh, bullet God. hole, you know, in the shoulder and they'd stick a hot poker in there, cherry red hot poker in there. And boy, it stopped mm. the bleeding and you had a hell of a scar after it was all said and done. But, you know, and, and so, you know, it just seemed like the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For, for people at home, if you ever have that injury to your finger um, and you want to stop the bleeding and you don't have access to an electric stove and a hot knife, or quick clot. Um, what you can do is there's these two little arteries that run on either side of your finger, um, not top and bottom, but on the sides, called the digital arteries. And all you have to do is put a little pressure. You don't have to touch the tip. You can you can go way back here and compress the digital arteries, and um, the bleeding will stop. There you go. Um, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> I would today. Faced with that same situation, I let the fucking thing bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were, like you said, you were under time pressure and, <coughs> you know, you were in pain. Uh, and but I tell you, there was no touching it, though. There was no, I mean, I, I cannot, I still cannot believe how, I mean, I remember the pain yeah. very vividly still to this day. Mm. Yeah, very few things have hurt like that. Huh. Very few things have hurt like that. Well, we're going on three hours here. <laughs> hey, we're going to cut about an hour of this shit out. Well, I'm going to cut quite a bit out. Uh, I am leaving in our discussion of um, knife, knife design. design. Because that, yeah, that's, that's worth worthwhile listening to, I think. Yeah, and and I we don't, don't have to agree on freaking everything. You know, that's, no. you know, and we well, can... Well, and you know what? That's, that, it, that is one of the things that, that a lot of people... I think they they get sucked in by it. Um, most guys, most SF guys, most Navy SEALs, 
most, I mean, for one thing, knives are important to them to open their meals up or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Boxes I mean, it's really, yeah, boxes and MREs. Yeah, it's really not, uh, I mean, it's, and so, like I said, they're taught to use any knife, mm-hmm. whether it, whether it's a sharpened can lid, they would they, their abilities are that that well refined that they could use anything to to accomplish that task or right. what they need to have done. But it doesn't mean that they can from scratch draw up a knife. That, I mean, no matter what they come up with, anybody. I mean, you're going to be able to use it if you can use a knife. Any knife will work. Right. If you have the skill to use a knife and to understand what you're trying to accomplish with your knife, doesn't matter what the knife is. Yeah. You're going to accomplish your task. And that's the and that's the point. No matter what it is, I mean, you know, it's kind of, I need it because it's going to be, you know, less slippery or it's going to be more of this or more or less of that. You know, if the knife was designed properly to start with, they shouldn't be having any kind of issues with it because most grips like, like, like the bark river grips are designed to be yeah. whether your hand is wet or dry, it's irrelevant because the hand, the handle well, is fits your handle. And your let me, hand. let me show you the problem here. You can probably see what the problem is with this grip. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what texture you put on there. It it it's, it starts fat at the at the back of the handle and then it tapers down to the front. What's your hand right. going to do on that surface? It's going right. to slide it's, that way. Okay? Yeah, and that's and that's I mean I saw that right away. I saw I saw what the problem was. In in a in a stabbing type situation. Yes, right. That's and that's the case. and that's the thing. And so And with and with knives like this where you where the where the where you've got several different purchase and points there's a along the way, and all those things, yeah. and then, and then the other thing that Mike does real well is is flare the um, scales out at the front, so that even if even if you lose the top and the bottom palm swells, yep. you might you might catch it with your first web space the the flares at the end, yep. uh, you know. And most of the time, you're not gonna like like to me, I I don't know as I would even attempt to stab a pig. I mean, to me, well, I, I, that's I, what I would they think I would though. make a spear and 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 heat and and harden a tip and use that. Well, I mean, there's you could do that too. You know, I yeah, mean, that's just or, or I, yeah, or I don't have an argument bamboo, against that. You know, or a piece of bamboo or something because I because I always look at my knife as something that you know what the hell you stab a pig in and the fucking thing runs off with your knife. Well, it's not gonna believe me when you see the video of this. It's freaking brutal. Like they beat it over the head and it was basically dead just from getting beat over the head and then they're just finishing it off with a knife and okay, they're well, so, they're laying on top of it holding it down and some guy goes boom like that and just jams well, it yeah, into the chest. So really, it, I mean, it's it. it it's didn't not even like need to be, yeah, like it, like you're under a, a heat of passion and you're stabbing, trying to like the like the buddy of mine that killed a bear. No, it's not like that. No, it's it's very controlled. This is the way that the natives do it, you know. Yeah. And so, um, it, it's a very controlled thing. Um, and I I'm very very against. You know, you see these guys that go and they take these big choppers, these big huge freaking Bowie knives. And then they go out and try to kill a pig with it. And I think that's like the most brutal, unnecessary thing that I've ever seen. You know, uh-huh. but, but this way, you don't have a gun, you've got a knife, and you've got a yeah. club. 
Okay, this I can tell you from seeing I've, I saw a video of every single one of the pigs that they killed this way. And uh, it's the same way that our animals are killed in a slaughterhouse. You knock yeah. them out and then you stab them. You know, yeah. it's not like they were chasing the pig around and slashing right. at him, you know, and and that's and then, you know, so it's um, it's not the way I would want to do it if I had a choice. I'd, um, But it's the way that was available. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, so now you can see um, and, and 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 what you were saying is accurate. He doesn't necessarily have the vocabulary and the know how to understand why his hand slips off the handle. But I do. Right. Right. I absolutely do. So I, I know what the problem is and and I think I can fix it. And that's the fun mm-hmm. part for me is is the the exercise of going through in it and then working with my mentor. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel myself. I've got mentors. I've got Mike. Right. You know, I've right. got Lon to, to, to talk to. I've got Ethan Becker right. to talk to, you know. Right. So, you know, I, this is a – for me, it's more of a learning exercise than it is anything else. And I'm not – nobody's going to buy anything I make. Oh, <laughs> you know, let's get I real. Think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I think yeah. you'd be surprised. Yeah, but, but, you know, that's not the, the – for me, it's not the – I don't. I don't need to sell anyone knives. Okay, I'm doing it because I freaking love it and because I can, you know. And so I don't know. Hey, you know what? Uh, not to change the subject, but I just I'm, I'm running through cards right now just to remind myself of different things. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, that happened too this year was um, our good friends at WR Case have got the um, Harley Davidson contract. So they're making knives for Harley Davidson. Oh, licensed licensed knives for Harley Davidson. Dude, I would totally buy one of those. I don't yeah, have those a Harley. Are pretty cool. but I like yeah, their cool. uh, their John Deere ones. Yep. Those are those are awesome. Yep. Whew. Yep. So who did who did we leave out? We leave anybody out? We did. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, we. I don't think we did. I think we've done pretty. I've done. We've covered pretty. Pretty good stuff. Oh, um, I do need to say um, a thank you to Jonathan Eldridge. Uh, Jonathan, what's my little buddy give you? He he sent me some um, nerd-related items in the mail. Oh, awesome! What kind of nerd-related items? I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> Why? Well, he sent me. Um, you know, I was saying. Are they, like, another, are they like little LEDs? No. Um, you remember on another podcast, I was saying I like to play uh, magic cards with my daughter. <laughs> he sent you magic cards. Yeah, he did. He sent me like an enormous amount of them. <laughs> So, I, so he's not playing magic anymore. No, I take it. I, he, it's too nerdy for him. Like he's way you know too funny? cool for that. I wonder if my my oldest boy has got magic cards. I wonder if I wonder. If don't he still has don't it. give him away. He'll kill you. <laughs> it's like when your well, mom gives away your comic I don't know book if he does. I don't. I don't know if he still does it. He might have gotten. He might have sold them. Yeah, there's some he of them are worth them. a lot. I could sell my collection from back when when I was playing in college, and I could buy a new car. I mean, the, there's the stuff in there is crazy money you know and it was like a dollar for a pack of 15 of them at the time but they're just crazy valuable now but uh yeah so thanks jonathan um oh and what's that's nice what's the story with your giveaway where are we at Uh, with that he put a he put a list on it and i have not given it away yet okay maybe next time we'll give it away yeah Probably this before this next podcast, we'll I'll pick somebody. And then can we announce it on there? Yeah. 
Okay, and then I'm. Of course, we can. I already, I already have the next giveaway lined up, but I'm not going to say what it is. But Jim knows oh. now. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Let's see. I don't know how many. Uh... Oh, where the hell is it? I know he was supposed to put it up. Huh. Well, we'll start a thread. Start a thread with the next. Um... With Jim's giveaway, and uh, that's kind of weird. I'm looking. I'm looking for it. It's not. I'm not seeing it. Huh. Dude, you're screwed. <laughs> oh, the um, the the thread on it's the a TV uh, show. Yeah, the thread yeah. on that. Yeah. Ooh, got a topic request. Oh, what is? You know what? Yeah. I had some. I had some emails too. Like, can we cover them uh, next time? <laughs> yeah, I think so. User user topics, because we're going on like three and a half hours. <laughs> well, you're going to have to split this up into, into two parts. You think so? Aren't you? I can do it as one. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take me a couple days to get it all together. Three hours? Yeah, we have ones that are three hours. Really? Yeah, we, okay. have, we have one or two that are three hours. All right. It's like the Rush Limbaugh show, only for knives <laughs> and funnier. <laughs> actually, and you know what's what's funny is that this one is actually like mostly knives. Yeah. Yeah, we never said anything about, um, you know, chicken rapists or global warming no. or granolas or anything. Well, so. we did say we did say we did say something about. Um, uh Global warming. Yeah, just that um, your igloo collapsed, and that should be evidence that the world is really warming, even though it's minus nine today. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's cold. My boiler is working on overtime. Oh, did you tell him? Oh, I before we end the podcast, um, we need to. Uh, I'm my wife is going to kill me if I don't ask you about the guy with the coat. He paid me. <laughs> So I don't have a new coat. That sucks. I could go try buying a coat from him. Yeah, I bet he'd sell it if he needs the money that yeah. bad. Yeah, you know it's it's sad. I I feel bad for people like that. He's got he's got serious problems. He's got addiction problems. He's and, making bad choices, you know. And he's making bad choices. And I, you know, it always makes me wonder. Once you start down that path, how do you how do you get out of it? You have to hit bottom, I think. You know, I mean, how? I mean, does jail is jail bottom enough? I mean, what is no. bottom? No, you have to. What happens is, I think they burn all of their friends, and then they they end up in jail and blah blah blah. One thing another. They burned all their friends and family, and they're like, okay, well, this kind of sucks. But I th- I think the bottom is different for different people. But that doesn't mean he can walk away with your two hundred and fifty bucks. And no. fork over that coat, douchebag. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny, and I and and the hardware store people were the ones that cracked me up. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they were the ones that cracked me up. They they were they were like, oh, we want to see Jim kill somebody. <laughs> we want to see Jim whip somebody's ass. Yeah. yeah. But oh well. So when you guys come up. You guys are going to come up in the summertime with your kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a priority okay. this year. And then um, okay. the other thing, we should announce the um, the dates of the 
Bark River Grindin because I'm I'm going to be there. I'm almost positive. You know what? I don't even know. I think I lo- was looking on their website today, and I think it's March 14th to 16th. But I'm going to just um, just just and double we, check and, it. And and I think next week Tim Tim Zawad is going to come on. Awesome. I I've been in touch with him as a guest, mm-hmm. and 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 we've got to get a hold of LT because he said he'd want to come on too. Yeah. And then. Um, Let's see. And I got two sets of headphones, and I got a sp- and I got headphone splitters for, for um, for Tim and I. Okay. So we can and we can both Skype and. Good. Okay. Grinding. Okay. So um, the ice, the one that's listed on yeah. the thing today, the ice in is March fourteenth to sixteenth. And I'm gonna. Oh, that's like just before. That's like just before. Uh, um. St. Patty's Day. Oh yeah, isn't that the seventeenth? Yeah, usually maybe I'll make a, uh, a Bark River beer opener. <laughs> I I was thinking about going to Chicago for St. Patty's Day. Have you ever done that? Uh yeah. You, well, when I lived there, see the Green River and stuff. Yeah, and we had a we had a room a couple couple years ago right on the water. Uh huh. And it was a lot of fun. We had a blast. Yeah. We had a blast. We were right on the river. I got like a, I could make an animated GIF of the river getting dyed green with the boats going back and forth. Because uh-huh. I stood up on the, in my hotel window and I just took pictures out the window. Huh. And I had, I had them going back from the starting point to where they had the river turn green. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, when I lived there, you know, I. Did you ever, it. did you ever do the architectural tour on the river? No, I didn't. I mean, that, that's, you know that's the thing about living in a city is when yeah, you live you there, do you, don't, you, you don't have the get money away. to you do it, get, you know? Yeah. I didn't, well, I didn't have any money. Too is you want to get away. Yeah. You want to get away, too. Um, if you ever get a chance to do it, that is one of the things that is extremely interesting. I was very intrigued by that. I like architecture anyways. Yeah. And and a lot of people don't know that Frank Lloyd Wright is from that area. And, yeah. And there's a lot of, there was a lot of great designers that did a lot of work on the river there. Yeah. And uh, uh, when you take those boat tours, you know, you go underneath all the bridges and you have usually have a, somebody that's very knowledgeable about the about the architecture and they explain to you all, all these different buildings that, you know, that were built there and when they were built and why they were built the way they were and it's it's pretty interesting. I was in, I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind doing that at all. <clears throat> Um, I just didn't have the money. <laughs> and then I, I was in medical school, too. So, you know, you're studying from 7 in the morning until 10 at night every day. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. And if you if you miss a day or if you goof off, you know, it better be because you're sick. <laughs> and all that, all that and you're still practicing. Yeah, it's called the practice of medicine. <laughs> Although that's one thing that I can claim to be an expert in. <laughs> Everything else. Practicing? Well, yeah, practicing. <laughs> Every, everything else, I'm just uh, like anybody else. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with that. All right, sir. Yeah. Well, until next time, keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. Yep. Catch you on the catch you on the uh, on the website and uh, sign up for the um, giveaway. And I got to find the thread because I can't seem to find it. I know I know that Jonathan would never. Not put one out. I know he's he's on top of that stuff. He's on top of that shit all the time. Yep. So, 
All right. Have fun. Yep. Talk we'll to see you, you later. Yep. Yep. Bye. Yeah, bye.